welcome back to The Suspense is Killing Us. It's me, Kevin Clark. Travis Vogt. Matt Lynch, hi. And here we go. Woo! We're gonna yeah! Get, we're going to get trapped on a, a party of some sort. No, we're just going to jump in? No, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't have anything really to talk about. None of us have anything to talk about? Kevin just made a move yesterday. Yeah, I, we made, com- a, we I made a move. Making moves on the street. I made a move. This guy's making, this guy's making moves left, left and right. Nobody <clears throat> can fucking keep up with this. I made a move. I had to shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. I mean, I finished moving yesterday. It sucked. <laughs> yeah, moving sucks. Lifting stuff and carrying stuff upstairs. And I was stuff. just watching as he lifted. I'd be like, I would drop things and have him pick them up for me and stuff. Hey, Kevin, I yeah. think you forgot this. Ooh la la. <laughs> Muscles and veins just bulging out of him. Seriously, I'm Amazing. pretty ripped. If you haven't seen Kevin before, uh, there's probably visual uh, information available about him on Google. Just Google image Kevin Clark and you're just going to see a yeah, if you see a picture Woo. of just a super jack dude, that's me. It's basically a picture of a steak. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Just a fucking sl- oh, yeah. well, a well-marbled gonna... piece of meat. You're going to want to cut <laughs> yeah. into that. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> you want to let it rest before you cut into it. <laughs> you want to eat the fat, too, because that fat will melt in your mouth. You want to let it rest for 10 minutes, otherwise you cut into it, all that moisture comes pouring out all oh, over the and place. He is, he has, you, know what I'm, you know what I mean? You don't want to lose is, that moisture. He does have a lot of moist meat on him. Oh, this guy is the moistest meat in town. <clears> best meat's in the rump. <laughs> I learned that from watching Alive. Uh-huh. When they yeah, start they chipping start away on, at their they friends, start they start on the, the butts. Butt. They start on the butt. Is that... That's fascinating. Where would you start? I, I guess the butt. Ah, oh, yes, the love the handles. That's yeah, but they, you gotta... When you're cutting into the stomach and stuff, you gotta watch out, because if you puncture the wrong organ in there, it'll poison all the meat. Yeah. yeah. All of it? I think like so. Up here? Oh, well, not the arm meat, but who wants well, I'm to eat just arm meat? Oh, those guys were soccer players. I'd say the rump and legs are probably the uh, yeah, best. You get the, the thigh. Cal- you get the, the calves. You get the flank here. So- I would start with the calves. They're soccer players. Soccer get, players get have- your pound of flesh. Nah, 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 nah. Calves. No, you, you know, no. All the proats. Get yeah. that proat. Mm-hmm. I don't need the fat. <laughs> pa- that's paleo diet. Well, I yeah, mean, if you're lost, if you're lost on a mountain, that's what you need is the protein. You don't need the like. You don't need it to taste good. Get that proat in your throat. You know how I'm always saying Broat, broat. <laughs> you are always saying that. I'm constantly. I said it to you guys when you came in today. Throat, broat. They were like, hey, Travis. I was like, get that broat in your throat. Did you know who you, who, which one you were uh, directing? Do you, are you confused right now? Because we're both, Matt and I are both wearing the same shirt. And we're on different sides of the couch. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. There's like they're, pull, they're pulling a little, a little fun gag on me, but I don't <laughs> believe it was on purpose. They both have their Scarecrow vi- video, Viva Physical Media shirts on, and they're both the same color yeah. Yeah. and everything. Diabolical. We're both, we're both sort of pink in, in hue anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Very embarrassing. I'm a little more tan than you. Yeah, I mean, I got some color last week, but it went away already. Mm. Yeah, man, I was in New Orleans last yes, week. Yes, I was. Oh, that's just tell us about New Orleans. It's great. What it's kind very, of fun stuff happened it's there? It's very hot down there. You know what they call humid. that place? Uh, the Big Easy. Thank you. The oh. Yeah. The Big Sleazy. The big sleazy is what I call it. I mean, the best thing about New Orleans is that you are you are expected, in fact, encouraged to just drink <laughs> everywhere and anywhere all the time. Yeah, that's pretty good. I had kind of forgotten that you're allowed to do that, and then the first thing I did, like you know, I got in late at night, go to the hotel, go sleep, get up in the morning, go to get breakfast, and I ordered like a I ordered like a cocktail after I finished my my breakfast, a morning margarita, who was called. And they give it to you in a, pl- in a big plastic cup with a straw, and it's like, oh, all right, I, I can just walk out with yeah. this and walk around. That's what they do, it's to, to go cups. Yeah, you all want some booze with that etouffee? Because you're like, at first, you're like, hey, what the fuck is this? I ordered a drink, and then you're like, oh, wait, yeah, this is my drink. 
And I can just go outside, and nobody's gonna fucking tell me not to. In fact, if you like, don't, if you don't have one, you can get arrested. I think. I think that's how. I think that's how. I think places should just do that. Yeah. Know. And so. is it just like a den of iniquity, like people fighting and fucking on the streets because of, because booze? Of you can drink booze everywhere. I didn't see. Yeah, that. I mean, because I, the booze outside, you, that'll happen. People are just fighting and fucking. I on saw the streets, a lot of drunk people, but I didn't see any any bad things at all. Like no yeah. violence. Yeah, I see a lot of drunk people in Seattle, and that shit's not allowed. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, I think just let well here do you it. can just do heroin everywhere. Yeah, that might be more what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe when I see a person staggering, <laughs> they're down, not drunk. Down Third Street. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this drunk guy sticking a needle into his arm. What kind of crazy shit is that, dude? How <laughs> drunk are you? Don't put a needle in your arm. That's that's sharp. No, not a needle. I saw some. <laughs> not uh, in my arm. I saw some gators. <laughs> he can't feel it because he's so drunk. You saw gators? Yeah, I saw some gators. You went on a gator, went the gator on a swamp, ride? Swamp tour. We on one of them. Swamp uh, tour. We on one of them boats, the fan boats. No, just no, this is just like a covered sort of tour boat. boat. That's cool. Too. There were fan boat tours, but they were more expensive, and uh, it was good that we didn't take one of those because uh, it was so blazing hot out that it would have been just miserable. Miserable. But this yeah. had like the boat we were on had like a roof. That's good. Mm. That's the way to go. Uh, yeah, they like they feed the gators marshmallows. <laughs> They they throw the marshmallows like, into the water and they just come because they bounce they float and they're white so the gators you know see them huh. and you can it's easy for you to see too so they go over and, and like the guy will put a marshmallow on a stick and like hang it out over the edge of the boat and, and the come gator out. will jump out of the water and get it that's just, crazy just like a, there was a little baby gator Aww. you could hold him oh did they have the little, the tape around his beak no no he was his mouth was just all was open little, and everything a little dude yeah wow. did you wrestle a gator no I didn't wrestle anything. You wrestled some drinks down your throat. I wrestled a lot of drinks, especially <laughs> like the 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 thing you get out of there everywhere is like a boozy slushy, and they're just everywhere, man. And a boozy oh, sort of like a blended margarita type situation. Yeah, yeah I mean they're called margarita, but it's basically just tequila and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is, I mean, that's not a complaint. No, 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 no. And they got great. they got the hurricane, which is red and and it's rum based. Mm-hmm. And I had we went on this like ghost walking tour. It was about like haunted stuff, and uh, and they, they stopped the tour in the middle. This our, our tour guide is this tiny little goth chick who's like probably twenty two years old, and she's like, okay, we're stopping the tour. Right over there is like Lafitte's. Uh, I want you to go in there and get a voodoo daiquiri, and it's just like this <laughs> purple booze thing. It tasted like cough syrup. That's awesome. Delicious. God. And you're, yeah, you just and the thing is like, you know, I'm I'm a pretty I'm a pretty experienced drinker, and I and I was I was pacing myself because I didn't like we were with some of Molly's friends from Michigan yeah. who are about my age. I was the oldest person there, but only by a year or two. It's not blackout time here. Those guys were partying. Oh, really? They, they were like hitting it hard and just <laughs> totally drunk all fucking day. Like we get on the they go on the swamp tour thing, and uh, like there were four there were four of them, and they. Between the four of them, they bought three buckets of beer. So six, like, Modelo tall boys <laughs> between four dudes uh, for, an, like, an hour and a half. That's, two hour tour. That's quite a bit. They polished them off. And that's, like, just in the middle of the day. They'd already been drinking all morning, and they went on to keep drinking all night. I, I, don't, I couldn't do that anymore. But uh, even so, I was, I was keeping a steady pace, and it's just so hot that, like, you know, I've had four drinks in three hours... Big, big, giant slushies and stuff full of ice and water and don't need to go to the bathroom because you're just sweating it out all day. That's true. It was Jesus brutal. You'd go, like, everywhere's air conditioned, and you'd, as soon as you'd step outside, it was, like, getting hit with a wall of solid steam. Oh, yeah, yeah the fucking humidity thing. brutal. We don't get that in Seattle, and thank 
Christ. No, I haven't experienced humidity like that since I lived on the East Coast. And it yeah. Was awful. Awful. Atlanta was the, <laughs> the last time I was in Atlanta in August, and you just see these rolling waves of, of just moisture, and you want to kill yourself. Brutality. I mean, it was, we, we, talked, we recorded an episode on the second hottest day here, and that was awful. But hey, yeah. man, it's a dry heat. It was a, it was a dry heat. It's very different. Like that 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 humidity thing makes you feel like you're in some sort of prison in your own body. Yeah. You're like ah, God. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. <laughs> what a die. Had a lot of good food. Yeah. Crawdaddies? No. You didn't eat a, lot eat of a shrimp. single crawdaddy. Okay. No, shrimp. I, they, oh, I almost didn't, they weren't offered almost everywhere I went. Jesus. Um, Get with it, New Orleans. A lot of shrimps. <laughs> I had the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. Well, yeah. They, they, it was really good. They might call them something different there. They might call them crawfish or crayfish down there. No, you got to call them crawdaddies. That's, Raise that's like my crawdaddy. Don't have a crawdaddy, son. Like we call them crawdads up here, but they call them crawfish down there, I think. Well, well they call their dads daddy down there, according to movies. I know, Everybody that's real. calls their dad daddy. I know people well, from daddy, Louisiana. My daddy got me a big book of the crawdaddies. <laughs> daddy. there, there were no craw mommies. We went and saw Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. They don't have mommies. All all people from they Louis- don't call their mom Louisiana. mommy. No, they're all the people from Louisiana are like mama. Disney characters whose mama. moms whose moms are dead. Oh yeah, yeah. Every mom is dead in New Orleans. Yeah, that's what the sign says. City of dead, in. the city of dead moms. City of dead. Moms. Ain't no moms here. It's Christopher go. Nolan's favorite town because all the wives are gone. You got to go to Baton Rouge. You want moms? Oh mommies. yeah, yeah. Oh, you gotta go to Baton Rouge. Oh, you, you gotta go to Baton Rouge to get a crawl, Mama. Brando, you need to check out Baton Rouge. Anyway, <laughs> I tried to get a reservation because I walked by it like four or five times. I tried to get a reservation in Antoine's, which mm. is the restaurant where Costner and John Candy meet in JFK. Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, they wouldn't let that. You gotta have a, a jacket and tie. They, would, they don't. They wouldn't let riff. They don't let the riffraff in there. I was gonna say they wouldn't let riffraff. Exactly in. what I literally said. Literally true. You had the right ho. I had the, the right ta ta, but the wrong ho ho. That's a fucking problem. Yeah, they were like, "Yeah, your ta ta is nice, but your ho ho, your ho ho, all wrong." No thanks. Went to the Museum of Death. Oh, they got one of them there too. Yeah, it was. It, it seemed cool, and then you go inside, and it's like, I don't feel so good. What's anymore? with all this death? Well, was it, it was just really. It was just like really gnarly shit that they had in there. Like they have like crime scene photos on display of like Sharon Tate like just all sliced up Ugh. you can see like Nicole Brown Simpson there like the, mean, the shot of her neck like basically like barely God. connecting her head I mean I, I gotta say you, you pay you, oh man I bought my ticket, I knew, ticket. It, I, I, don't know. I knew what I was getting into but it, and it was Ooh, just the like, museum of death this isn't what I was I thought expecting it was, I thought it was gonna be kind of like the mutter museum in Philadelphia where it would be like weird tools and like look at this skeleton and, uh-huh. and like here's a coffin for a little boy from mid 19th century or something like that but no it's like here's Ted Bundy's letters and yeah. all kinds of fucked up they, shit like that it was a bit it was a bit more gruesome yeah <laughs> yeah they got one in LA too where they have the uh, Heaven's Gate uh, oh. Bunk beds. Jesus. <laughs> and I believe they have re- restaged it. They might even be some of the original sneakers oh, of the Heaven's mean, Gate people. You mean David Strathairn and Robert Redford? Uh huh. <laughs> some of the original sneakers? Hi. <laughs> that one for the sneakers reference well, rather than the Heaven's Gate. Yeah, reference. I was going to say, he's, he's, got Chris, he's got Christopher Walken's shoes from Heaven's Gate, <laughs> Jeff Bridges' suspenders. Mickey Rourke. He's got John Hurt's, John Hurt's roller skates from the roller skate scene at the beginning of the movie. Uh, in hour one or oh, that's five. Not at the beginning. That's at the middle. Anyway, no, the beginning is them gra- is a bunch of is a bunch Yale. of forty year olds graduating from Yale. Yeah, we have finally graduated after being alive. I'm a made the knights, yes. the crown of king. Uh, let's all kick each other's asses. Yeah, let's whatever. go kill some plebs. Okay. <laughs> you sir have the boorish manners of a Yaley. Hello, Burnsy. It's your old roommate, Dink. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. 
Uh, one last question about New Orleans before yeah. we get down to it. Did it at any point did you rip out a rattlesnake's tail with your teeth and no. punch and punch it in the head? I didn't see any snakes. Not one snake. No crawdaddies. Frankly, I'm disappointed by this. I had a lot going of, to I edit had it out. Several delicious. Yeah, it's po almost boys. like you were on vacation. Yeah, I had several delicious po boys. That was a highlight. Ooh. Oh, yeah. God. the best place I found was which one did you get? Shrimp. Shrimp. Yeah, I don't like I went, shrimp. Would, so. would you get an oyster po, po boy? I would. Yeah, but uh, but <laughs> I like the shrimp better. Uh, I prefer my oysters raw. I don't like fried oysters as much. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, I don't. But the best po boy I had was in this was I was in this place uh, walking around in the in the quarter and uh, found a was stopped into this little corner market to get like a bottle of water or something. I noticed that there's like a empty deli counter with a menu on it at the very back of this tiny corner score and there's this really skinny like old black dude with an apron on behind it. I'm like, what's this? And I go up there and there's they like they make sandwiches and stuff. I'm like, I'm going to get a po boy at this shitty grocery store yeah. at this corner market. It's best fucking sandwich I've ever had in my life. Fuck yeah. Unbelievably yeah. good. It's just huge. Huge. Covered, like a subway a subway footlong size Jeez. fried shrimp, you know, po boy with like the remoulade ah, sauce. Fuck you. Coleslaw. Uh, fucking God oh damn God. It. it was and it was All like, right. you know, nine dollars. Unbelievable. I can't talk about it. that's too much. Too much to handle. We gotta move on. Too much to handle. So let's talk about too little to handle. We're right. gonna talk <laughs> about <laughs> we're gonna talk about the recent some movies of the recently departed Dick Donner, Richard Donner, dearly, de dearly departed, director of my beloved Lethal's Weapon. Yes, I, there's a bunch of uh, Donner movies I, I love. I'm Superman. A, I'm a huge Absolutely fan of Superman the movie. Fucking incredible career Goonies. Richard Donner I mean, had in e working in every having success in every goddamn genre, we, including horror. We're, he did the fucking Omen. That's right. We're, that was yeah. I mean, my God, superheroes, horror, action, I mean, he, comedy. He, he, did, he, did, he did the first superhero movie. Yes, like, basically. Yeah. Superman set the bar so high, and like he did the thing. I mean, and he just that was he invented the superhero movie, and he did it like this way that like you, I still go back to that movie and be like, well, yeah, movie. dude. I mean, the Marvel the Marvel Cinematic Universe clearly is like was like we want to go that way. Uh -huh. Like, like you watch that original Iron Man, it's a lot like Superman the movie where it's like the best parts of that movie are like it's like a screwball comedy. Oh, you know, I don't yeah. know. They, anyway. did, they did it so well they kicked him the fuck off the project and brought on some <laughs> limey piece of shit. <laughs> Who I also like. Yeah, I don't the care uh, for, I don't care for him. By no, all, I mean, I like, I by like all accounts, Lester. a great yeah. dude too. D uh, Donner? Dick Donner, yeah. a lovely man. Yeah, uh, everybody paid loved for him. Chunk to go to college. Yep, he paid for Chunk's college. Did you know that? <laughs> He's that kind of guy. And he, he, paid, he, he was gonna. Chunk was like he like I had him jobs as like PAs on his movies, and then he was like he was like hey, I'm gonna go to college. Can you write a recommendation letter? He's like we read your you know resume and your recommendation you know your your uh, essay or whatever, and we're just gonna pay for your college instead. Wow. Instead of writing your recommendation letter, we're gonna pay for your college Jesus to go to law school. Christ. <laughs> Yep. And isn't Chunk like a lawyer now? Yeah, that's what they yeah, paid he's a for lawyer. His, they paid for so him. thanks a lot, Richard Donner. You got us another one of those, <laughs> those fucking, fucking lawyers. Maybe he's one of the good ones. I don't know. Uh, he's relitigating. What the do you call? Shuffle. He wants points on the. What do you call shuffle. a thousand lawyers on the bottom of the ocean? Oh, Travis votes wet Travis. dream. Oh. <laughs> that's that was what I was gonna say. That's the one. You jerk off to that. It's weird. No, he just no. It's a wet it's dream. A wet dream. I, it's involuntary. <laughs> he wakes up and he's. I got no control over it. Yeah. <laughs> but I do see. He wakes up and goes. I do oh, see well. the dead faces of lawyers. There's crabs coming out of their mouths, like when in you, the abyss. And then I wake up and there's yeah, you know, goo. Come everywhere. There's come everywhere. When you're conscious, though, you don't think about lawyers at all. My goodness. Anyway, we got off topic a little. Uh, Did we get on come everywhere again? I feel bad because because like 
I, I want to get all this nice stuff, but because we're going to talk about three movies that I don't. That, oh, oh. One of them is uh, to one degree or another. I liked all three of these. Wow. Movies. Okay. Wow. Well, there's one that I absolutely th- hate, and then the other two I watched. <laughs> yeah. And I'd seen one before, and it was it's it's pretty good. One yeah. of these movies I loved. Yeah. Oh uh, boy. Well, so, here, here's a, we're here's talking another, about another. Oh. Well, okay. Well, three movies. No. We're, should we should we say yeah, 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 yeah. we're gonna do 1995's Assassins, mm-hmm. generator of a famous Antonio Banderas gif. And that's, that's right. it. Uh, 1997's <laughs> Conspiracy Theory, pretty good. And 2006 and his final film, uh, mm-hmm. 16 Blocks. Yeah, it's got some stuff. I gotta say, going out on a somewhat high note, aka like Die the, Hard Four. Mm-hmm. Die Hard Four. I'm not like the biggest uh, Richard Donner fan. Like a lot of, like, like I said, he's like has some amazing like, career. I looked at his whole filmography. I'm like fifty fifty on him, but I feel like the highs are pretty high. That's even, what I mean. Even, is even that the highs are kind of like there's not a lot of stuff. The only stuff that he ever did that I loved is the two Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah, but I mean, um, I'm just like the rest, the rest of it is like Superman. Well, like, you love okay. Radio Flyer, but I love, but I love, <laughs> but I love Superman. I mean, his highs are really high, and so it kind of is like, and then look at the rest and go like, well, you know, whatever. I don't, that's a pretty, I don't that's like a pretty the, great career. I don't I like mean, Goonies very much. I'm one of those. I'm that guy. I don't, I don't like those kids, but I think that movie's pretty well put together. Like that's I think, well yeah, that, like the fantasy parts well of it are, are, are that's neat. a really that's a really well directed. But a movie, lot yeah. of that movie, I, I love that movie though. So. A lot like Dick Donner. I'm I'm coming to realize at least uh, after watching a lot of Lethal Weapon movies and then these three movies, his, like a huge part of his style is muttering. <laughs> is like semi-improvised, just like say what whatever you'd say in this moment, and that is what he does in Goonies with a bunch of fucking kids, and it's a goddamn. He's talked nightmare. about that in interviews about how it's like hard to wrangle all those fucking kids. Clearly, I saw, I saw an interview. The, with like half that movie is like nine kids just yammering at one fucking time. There was an interview with Unbearable. him and uh, Chunk that was from from a while back from <laughs> that uh, fucking lawyer where they were like where they're talking about the that movie and, and he's like he's like yeah I had to every, blood sucking every, lawyer. He's like every day I was just like oh, these. Uh, these goddamn kids, but Chunk's like, yeah, but you didn't say goddamn kids. He's like, what did I say? You said these fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it was just a blast to work with him. Yeah. They, 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 honestly, I mean, I know you don't like Goonies, but one of the best uh, commentary tracks ever is this. And the group commentary tracks usually aren't good, but there's one with like the entire cast, all the kids grown up, and Donner mm. on the Goonies DVD. Yeah, wow. And except for Corey Feldman being suck sucking, it's really good because they just all, you're like. They had fun making this, and they all love they all love Richard Donner like he's their dad. You yeah. know, it, it's very it's very endearing. Yeah, uh, Corey Feldman. I can't got, imagine got weird. I can't imagine that the same would be said for the people who were in Assassins. <laughs> oh, Assassins! Robert Rath. I studied everything you ever did. <laughs> you were good. Yeah. Last game ends before anyone wins. I'm finished, kid. No more. I quit. No. As long as you are out there, I'll never be number one. Not a good movie. Not a very good movie. I liked one part. 
I there are things I liked about it, but it's it's definitely the weakest one on this list. There, are, yeah. The, okay. The, well, the best thing that it has to recommend of it is is like kind of specific to our situation. Like for me, I it, this movie is shot in Seattle, yeah, which is crazy. Very it's chunks of it, yeah. full of Seattle. If you if you mm-hmm. know if you you know I'm sure we've discussed it on here. Like it's pretty rare for people to shoot actually shoot a, they It's not rare at all for movies to be based in Seattle, but yeah. then they shoot them in Vancouver. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This movie's Seattle as fuck. Yeah. And it's they not, shot it's, it all over the place a, in here. It's Seattle that doesn't really exist anymore, too. Like a lot of the places where they shot have been built up and changed yeah. a lot. Well, you wouldn't recognize them now. Yeah, like there's like a big chunk of that whole opening, that first sort of big car chase that sequence where like uh, Antonio Banderas is in the cab with him and all that stuff. It's like all Soto, all industrial Soto. Mm-hmm. But then there's now. then there's a part where they're like driving around in the in the ID and then they like. Then they turn a corner and they're on the Aurora Bridge. Yeah. And then a cut later, they're way the fuck up in Wallingford. <laughs> but I think he jumps off of the monorail into the ID and then they drive onto the Aurora Bridge. Yeah, That's yeah. Great. He does. That's exactly right. And they're going, they're driving the Aurora Bridge, I believe, going south. And so you can't do that. <laughs> but you're just so. But, you're, you're, I mean, you know, whatever, I'm sure. You're just so used to seeing movies where there'll be like an aerial shot of the Space Needle and then cut to like clearly fucking Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and then this one, there'll be like a car will pull up underneath the uh, the monorail and fucking Sly Stallone will get out of that shit yeah. and then a monorail will go like over the top and you're like holy shit yeah. he shot a, another that son of a bitch had to come scene to in Seattle. Seattle for his Get Carter remake oh that's right yeah. but that uh, was wasn't that more of a they did shoot like, that mostly in other places yeah Exactly. I, I would say that that was my favorite part is the one monorail scene, and the other thing I liked about <laughs> where the guys reading the pay like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's well, they, commuting. They treat that's the monorail. Very, they treat wonderful. the monorail like it's public transportation, like it's made by people who are clearly <laughs> have been in like New York or somewhere where they're like, well, this is what it's public transportation's like. And in reality, the monorail is only full of tourists. It or goes. maybe people, or maybe people who are going from after work, going from one bar to another bar. But the monorail goes what three blocks? It's for people who work at the Seattle Center and yeah. live in the mall. Yeah, yeah. it goes. It's, it's it goes uh, from the Seattle goes, Center to the mall. It goes nowhere. So it's I thought it was I thought it was clever that they used it at all though because it's not supposed to take place in Seattle. But there is a sh- but after that there's a shot of the fucking space needle yeah. behind like behind the monorail. Seattle, so. I feel like it's mostly because the, the all, all like all the city stuff has kind of been genericized. I think it's like it's supposed to be Metro well, City. That you know seems I mean? to be this movie's operating yeah. uh, procedure is just like let's <laughs> genericize everything so much that who cares? Yeah. Certainly not Kevin. <laughs> and it could take it could take place anywhere, but it, yeah. I know it's Seattle because it, I'm like oh I know Seattle, so this is fun. That's the only fun part. Also, like the only other good thing to come out of this movie is the Wachowskis' career. Sure. Yeah, but they're. There's nothing remarkable about no, no, the no. script for no, this, this movie. No, no, no. No, this is totally unremarkable. Like, I was watching this kind of like, because I'd seen it before, kind of before I knew who yeah, they yeah. And, But this time I was like, okay, let's see if I noticed any, like, yeah. Wachowski stuff. And no. nope. I no. feel like a lot of, I feel like you can see some Wachowski stuff I was hoping there. you'd, you're a bigger fan than I was. Yeah, so I mean, like, I think you definitely, you, you, you I think I think stuff. definitely you see can, some of it. It's, but it's so buried under, like, oh, yeah, it's so yeah. buried under whatever. It's the shreds of the Wachowski personality that survived the development process of this movie that they I'm, clearly weren't involved in. I'm just yeah. happy that they, that it was like, they sold this script, became buddies with Joel, Joel Silver, Silver, were able to make, were able to make Bound, one of my favorite movies, and then were able to, and then from that we're able to, you know, springboard. And, and so, well, they made so the Matrix, for that, and that was it. So for that, I I uh, I like lo- I yeah. lo- I like I appreciate that this movie exists because like thank you for giving us this the idiosyncratic career of the Wachowski sisters, <laughs> but. Also, this I don't movie see, fucking I don't sucks. see much of it here. <laughs> and, and you don't see, you heard, sorry, Matt may, Matt probably will be able to point out a few that he's, but I didn't see I any so. of it, all, barely. It's, it's, it's like little tropes and things. There's it's stuff, nothing too there's huge. There's stuff they could have played up if, like, Stallone 
was played by someone else maybe like the 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 duet of these two assassins you could see like yeah. that being interesting like that they, when they maybe in the original script it was more because like it seems like you know there's maybe you know maybe some kind of like you know uh sexual erotic kind of thing going on between these For two sure. guys but like Stallone is certainly not going to play that up <laughs> even if he knew how and I Banderas mean, is actually the only other thing Banderas is good in he's, it he's, he's I, fun. I also fun. guarantee you Stallone had a hand in rewriting the script oh yeah, uh, yeah. and he's like I don't know you think maybe we could fuck this I up a little bit could, we could have like a romance cause uh script blue I would blue. like to I, would, I feel like I'm a romantic guy <laughs> ladies like me what's what the, what the funniest part of this movie is that I was watching it with subtitles and there's one where he's it's like indistinct indistinct dialogue <laughs> in, in parentheses it's like every Stallone movie right guys right everybody he's just talking to himself in the scene too he's like <laughs> he's doing the he's doing the trademark Richard Donner muttering thing Stallone's doing the so like at but the beginning a, of the it's movie it's a Stallone thing he's too. on a computer I guess so he's on a computer and he's like getting a contract he's like oh, see what this guy what happened I push this button here oh okay let me get this mouse uh, using a computer. Yeah, but he's not. I mean, he's Alba not good at that kind of thing because it's like, yeah, hey, just add him. He's like, so new? I just kind of talk like I'm doing myself. Is that how you, is that how you are when you're alone? You're talking. To yourself? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking. What do you, how do you talk yourself? What do you talk? <laughs> In the muttering competition, Antonio Banderas blows Stallone out of the fucking water because Banderas is doing all kinds of weird shit, yeah, all kinds of weird asides. He's always going like, Banderas. Banderas is acting like that, uh, like that Bob and David uh, acting, acting teacher thing, where you just jump up and down on stage and wave your I'm arms. I'm the loudest person in the room. Yeah. Everybody, look at me, because I'm Antonio Banderas. Yeah, he gener- generated that amazing <laughs> gift that everybody knows, where he like leans back in the chair and like you know, yes. My favorite thing it's is great. late in the movie when he's like up in his sniper's perch. And he's been up there all day, and he's got to like he's pissing in a bottle because he's like going up all. He's been in there for like fucking twenty four hours. Speaking of sweating, and like, yeah, oh my god, yeah. And these these people keep coming out of the bank, and he keeps waiting for it to be Stallone, and he like draws a beat on a guy who turns out to not be him, and he just goes, ah, fuck a motherfucker, shit, fuck motherfucker, Stimpy, you idiot. <laughs> it's so hilarious. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's like pissing in a bottle and he throws the bottle away and it's not the right time and he, oh it's so funny. It's like, dude, this is your job. I think part of the, like one of the main deals of Pace being yourself. a sniper is you got to be patient. He seems like a very That's impatient assassin. Yeah. yeah, come on, he's great. I mean, he's he. I got maybe, maybe great's not the word for it, but he's at least is like I have a job and this is going to be. I'm going to have fun. If nobody else is having fun, I'm going to have fun in this. Yeah, he's movie. doing a thing. I mean, at the very least, it's like I mean, this is pre pre Zorro. He wasn't super famous in 1995. Yeah, Post Desperado, no, not, not in yeah. America, not in America. He yeah. was super famous, super famous in, in Spain, everywhere else. Yeah, I remember they were in the promotional, uh, some of the promotional like movies that they made. Probably watched on HBO or whatever. There's like a they keep on talking about how it's like the torch being passed from one generation of action. Heroes to the other. Well, he, he done El, he'd done El Mariachi at this point, or uh, not Desperado. Desperado. Yes, and so it was like now is now you get to do like a, a bigger budgeted action movie, uh, Antonio Banderas. Let's see how you do. And he's like, you could see this is the older generation of uh, action heroes passing the torch to me. And obviously, like, Sly, you if, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> if that was supposed to be the the point of it, they. Changed no. it because at the very end, Estelle's like, well, I'm not passing the torch. I shot I'm, him. I'm still pretty young, man. I can shoot you. I'll fucking kill that guy. <laughs> no torch is being passed. 
Well, so what's this movie about? It's uh, who knows. It's about assassins. Sylvester Stallone plays the the world's greatest hitman. His name is Robert Rath, with no W. R A T H, which is very stupid. But I would I would argue is, is this a reference pro- to something? Is, I don't no, know. No, no, it's okay. just Rath like the word Rath. Oh God, yeah. Jeez, I didn't even. I never thought. I never thought about that once during this movie. But I guarantee you. I guarantee you that that is a Wachowski uh, bit of detritus there. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. And he at the beginning there's a flashback there's like a it's a black and white sequence I thought this sequence was pretty cool where he's like waiting outside this bank in South America or in the Caribbean somewhere the same bank from later it's the bank it's the same bank from later in the yeah. movie they return there and he has to, and he it's very like you know sort of faux 90s noir and and it's it kind of looks a little bit like the way that Bound is photographed like some of the camera moves some of the shots are like from overhead and stuff it looks a little bit like Bound but you were that's you, probably incidental yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so Sylvester Stallone has to. He she shoots a guy, and like right before he shoots the dude, he snipes him. The guy like looks at him, and their eyes their eyes lock, and, and then he kills the guy. And it turns out later that that's like uh, his mentor that he had to assassinate, that he had a contract out it's on. A and Russian it's like gentleman named Nikolai, and it's been it's been like haunting him for the my, last fifteen years. I killed Nikolai. Nikolai. And they had this unfinished chess game, yeah. computer chess game they were playing. Right, <laughs> that keeps meaning something. It's one of those movies that like goes like, and uh, they're, they're playing chess, so you know that they're not only are they good at assassins, but they're smart strategizing. Too. They're strategizing because oh. they play chess. Yeah, this wow. movie is chess. a strategy, guys. This, yeah, you, you mentioned Ray Quick a minute ago, and there's no Ray Quick, and that's a good point because I, I enjoy this movie. I don't really think it's great or anything. It's fine, but it's no the specialist. Oh, God. <laughs> the specialist is way more uh, fun, yeah, yeah. at least. <laughs> The specialist is <laughs> at least might be true. weirder and sillier and more violent, you know. Yeah, and it has a, it has a killer John Barry anything, score. Anything has to be uh, more exciting and, and more violent than this movie because yeah. this movie's like violent barely. Yeah. It, like they shoot at each other and stuff, but nothing. Oh, and we haven't brought up the, 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 people, the cardinal but, sin of this movie. And there's a lot of bad stuff in this movie, but this two movie hours and fifteen minutes long. Two hours and fifteen fucking minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. Unacceptable. Yeah, inexcusable. It's inexcusable. Like you, can't, you fucking can't. I saw are the you fucking kidding. Me? I saw the runtime at the beginning. I was like, fuck, because I was like, I know that this isn't gonna be good, but I was hoping it was at le- it would at least be fun. And as soon as I saw two fifteen, I'm like, fuck, this isn't even gonna be good. I hate this movie now. <laughs> this movie would be an out. Uh, would be. <laughs> Too long at an hour forty-five. Absolutely, it's a half hour longer than that. <laughs> and, and the Jesus half hour of extra shit Christ. you get is Julianne Moore talking to her cat or it's something. It's all stuff. It's all <laughs> stuff is, where you're like, get, get that out, get that out. Like I, I could Jesus do this. Jesus Christ, or or Pull that whole fucking thing out. Or worse, her talking to Sylvester Stallone about anything. <laughs> there, there. Actually, no. I take it back about the cat because that's actually more entertaining like than any cat. scene with her and her and and Sylvester Stallone. Oh, and, and endlessly and boring. Needs to be pointed out. This is our second uh, second appearance of Sad Sack Stallone mm-hmm. because uh-huh. he's we we had him in ICU oh, uh, yeah. on oh, the right. eye on the Four Eyes episode, <laughs> and he's in 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 that one. He's like his wife has been murdering. <laughs> his wife has been brutally. I go to therapy. Seven murders. The, the good Sad Sack Stallone is cliffhanger. Where he's like, I've oh, yeah. in, I haven't been on a mountain <laughs> in six months. You just lose the feel. Yeah, this, but that movie rules. One, yeah, it does. That's so what I'm that's that's the. That's that's the best one. So when he's sad, sack, but the movie around him rules. It, it's great. It works. When, when it's he's when he's sad in that movie where his wife was murdered. You're like, I guess for good reason that movie sucks. Or in this one for no good reason that he, he just had to kill bummed. a guy he liked. But that was years ago. 
He's just bummed. He just doesn't like his like, job anymore. Like, dude, he's, he doesn't want to be an assassin. Fucking get anymore. over yourself. It's he's, it's just sort of career on we. Yeah. But he's really so he'll be like talking to this mis- mysterious female like handler figure on the computer. We don't know that they're female. Like, I'll just, uh, I think he says she says like on the computer. Oh, yeah. says something like. Uh, well, it turns out that that's not true. Yeah, I am a sexy uh, lady. It's a, it's a ruse. Yeah. I am. <laughs> Sexy. And it does like a dot. I like need a, a man. Print out of like a hot lady. Auga. I had another wet dream about this. This is my, uh, this is my handler. Look at all those shapes. Look at those curves. He does the curve. The curve gesture. Julia Moore's like, you're so you're so great. I think we're romantically involved. Who knows? Hubba hubba. So, yeah. So, he comes. He gets a contract to kill... Uh, Julianne Moore. Actually, first he he has a contract to kill Steve Cahan, Richard Donald's doppelganger, yeah. Captain Murphy from Lethal, <laughs> who plays like in a, the sw- is it the one in the swamp? No, no, that's the guy, the mob boss at the cemetery. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. That's Steve Cahan, and uh, and he he has a really cool gimmick where he's got a he's got his little twenty two pistol inside a cast on that's, his hand. Yeah, it makes you think that this movie's gonna be fun. It's pretty cool because yeah. you can see if you look at it, you can see it's got like a hole for the shells to eject <laughs> and everything. He pulls a little plug out so he can shoot yeah, it's through the. <laughs> And uh, and but he but he's interrupted. <laughs> Antonio Banderas is there as as uh, second best hitman Ooh. and arch rival Miguel Bane, which I also I assure you is another stupid Wachowski name. Wrath versus Bane. Wrath versus, versus Bane. Bane. Exactly. Bane. It's, it's spelled number one. It's spelled B A I N like Conrad Bane from Different Strokes. It's not like Bane like Dark Knight Rises Bane. No, they should have been Abel and Kane. Honestly, yeah. if you're gonna, oh, please. If you're gonna do that, like fucking lean into it. I'd right. give it an extra. Maybe it half was star. in the original. Script. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I'd be very curious. It could have been Abel, uh, Abel Rath, and Abel with the Kane, cable, Kane Bane, <laughs> Abel Rath and Kane Bane. Please get me Kerplotnik and Kane Bane on the phone, please. Where's my Verschluggener pastrami, pastrami sandwich? I'm never gonna wash these eyes again. Uh, so anyway, he so then he has like a little showdown with Antonio Banderas uh, in the. In the cemetery, this scene is kind of cool. I like kinda, this, this scene, this, but this makes it, like Travis said, this makes it seem like the movie's going to be fun, like this, like, right? That it's like going to be like a bunch two, of shootouts and these stuff. These two assassins that are going to be like going after each other in different times, and they right. and they do. It just sucks. It's just few and far between. But I like this scene. I thought the action's pretty good. I like one of the things I like about the action in this movie is the way that they're constantly firing all these little bullets at each other, and you get to see like the bullet hits on the walls and stuff. It's like. It's not like the usual kind of PG-13 action where like somebody shoots a gun and then a guy just kind of falls over and there's like no damage, there's no blood. It's a little bit violent. I enjoyed it, this but is, it's not great. But this is like totally right when Hollywood started riffing on Oh Hong yeah, the Kong John cinema. Woo like Hong John Kong Woo had, thing. Like Tarantino had, had told everyone about John Woo and then Hollywood was like, Oh well, let's bring John Woo over, and then also let's just try and let's just try and get our old guys to make movies yeah. that look like that. And then you're like, the old guys like Richard Donner. You're like, it's not yeah. gonna work. And it's, clearly, it was, v- clearly very... it's written in that style too. Like it's yeah, clearly yeah. written to be like a two guns in the hand, you know, John this, Woo kind of action was a, movie. If this was, if this same movie, which there probably are a hundred Hong Kong movies from like the '90s, '80s, and mm. '90s that are this plot, and even the even the worst one. Is like so much more awesome because you'll be like, this is kind of boring. Ah, this action is amazing. And this is kind of, and it this one, the action is very like, we're trying to do that, but then also like, let's well, not, not too crazy though. Let's not yeah. make it, let's not make it too fun. It doesn't seem unlikely that that Wu may have even been offered it at some point. That makes that would I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. 
But uh, I, but, anyway, he probably, but he might have turned it down because he's like, well, you know, uh, well, he I've made, made I've made this movie before. He went and made a <laughs> Hard Target and Broken Arrow instead, which are both way way better. But I think that he, I mean, but likes, but both of those movies, I mean, Hard Target's more like his Hong Kong stuff. But both of those are like, yeah, yeah. I want to come. I mean, clearly John Woo wanted to come to America and make movies that like were different than sort of different than the ones he was making. He didn't want to come over here and remake The Killer, but with but uh, sh- but shittier, <laughs> which is right, which is a little bit like this. He, like, wanted to, um, he wanted to make paycheck, you know. <laughs> I mean, eventually. That's what he, he wanted to get to. Eventually, because he needed the paycheck. <laughs> uh, you know. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's the end of Assassins. Everybody everybody uh, wins, you know. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's like people running around with with like the holding guns in both hands, straight yeah, forward like that sort of, of thing. But it, like Richard Donner's not doing it either. <laughs> he's not gonna he's not gonna do the stuff or anything. Like the action isn't like terrible, but it's fairly tepid. Well, at some point, at some point, they then he's uh, so after the cemetery showdown, he's well. Then he, then he gets the contract to kill Super Hacker Julianne Moore. Yeah, which oh, is, is there? A, when's the when's the when's the car chase part? Well, where that's he's the, in the car cab. chase. Well, so the car chase happens that's, because that was also <clears throat> like an interminable scene. Well, what what happens is Antonio Banderas and him have the showdown in the cemetery. Antonio Banderas gets cornered, and all the cops show up, and and he surrenders himself. Yeah. Right. Stallone's like, "What is he doing? What is he doing?" And and so and then uh, he, yeah, then he Stallone a, gets away, but he like starts to, he follows him, and he in a cab. He he gets he commandeers a taxi cab and follows Antonio Banderas, and then they get he escapes from the cops, kills a couple of cops, and then gets in the cab. Think not realizing yeah, that it's yeah, Stallone, yeah. and then they realize who each other are, and there's that interminable scene where they're like, well, that whole sh- shooting yeah. each other through the glass in the cab and stuff, and that, it's like that whole sequence of the the cops getting him and the car ch- is clearly like an original in the original script. Seems like it would have been like the whole the whole idea of this movie is a commentary on killers versus killers, right? And it's like, oh, this guy does it this way, and it's like a whole thing. Like these two guys are the same but different, two sides of the same coin kind of thing. It seems like, but like this movie doesn't articulate that and doesn't and it's just kind of like so why are we watching him now now he's got to escape from these cops and now they're in this cab forever and it's like this car chase that's like somehow boring by the time it's actioning stuff is happening it's towards the beginning of the movie so you know neither of these guys are gonna shoot the other guy or yeah. anything yeah. like you're like nothing's gonna <laughs> happen here except this long talk where Silver Stone's like I don't, I don't, what you? and he's like and then he's like ah I'm Miguel Bain <laughs> he actually says uh, <laughs> he actually says uh, I am how you say dead tired <laughs> So save the chit chat. <laughs> chit chat is kind of like a thing. I haven't heard anybody say chit chat a lot. This was the Why year. I say chit chat. This is the year after the mask. Yeah. Too. Mm. It sounds, when you say it just now, I'm like, that reminds me of the masks. <laughs> Jim, they should have got Jim Carrey me. to play the other uh, assassin. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently they they wanted Gibson for a while. Really? Because Gibson, Gibson, for the Stallone. Well, yeah, because yeah. Gib, Gibson was the where the project got started. He wanted to do the. He was thinking about directing it, and then he gave it to Donner. He mentioned it to Donner, and Donner really liked it because he said it was a really good script. And then that's that's how it landed with Joel Silver. And then Joel Silver was basically like, "Richard Donner, will you please direct this movie?" Okay. Boy, I have to say, if Mel Gibson had directed it, he it would t- be he, so much better. He yeah, left- Mel Gibson was was in <laughs> well, it instead of Sloan, it would certainly be better. That, yeah, but I then mean, if Mel, Mel Gibson right? had done this movie, then you would not get Braveheart because know, which, that's what he That's which, what he didn't do this movie to do, uh, which Boy. is fine with me. I love yeah, Braveheart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doubting it. I'm, not gonna, um, I'm, I'm certainly not going to defend its uh, 
problems. But it's it's after that enormous and, and very kind of <laughs> tedious car chase that, that then they get the, con- the contract to kill uh, Electra, Julian Moore, the super hacker. There is a scene just to do, that's very, just kind of give, give you an idea about kind of like how kind of loose and chaotic a lot of this movie is, where Stallone has, uh, when they're driving in this car and they're next to a bus, and this is when they're like fighting because they start out talking, then they realize, who, and he, Antonio Banderas realizes who Stallone is, and then he's like, now nah, I'm going to try to kill you. And, but there's like bulletproof glass between them in the partition. And at a certain point, he's like leaning out of the cab to like reach, you know, reach mm-hmm. around and shoot him through the other window. And then he, Stallone like rams him into a fucking bus. Yeah. <laughs> like several times. And he's like, ah. And you're like, ah, wouldn't he be dead? He's, are you dead. I mean, he's out of the car and then yeah. he slams the car into a bus. It would just snap his back. Yeah. And he's think. just going like, ah. You can't ah. kill me, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> You idiot! <laughs> you idiot. So, it's, I'm, I'm, it's, and so you're like, oh, I guess yeah. nobody can die. Okay, great. Yeah, it's uh, Stallone looks sad while he's doing. Oh, Julian. The introduction of Julianne Moore's character is pretty funny too, where she's got this remote control truck that like drives the cat food over to the cat, and she's like got her. She's she's like spying. She's like sliver. She's got she's, security like, camera on spies all on all of her neighbors. So she's watching these neighbors yeah, fighting sliver. Stuff. And oh, it's, it's, it's what's thing. his name from fucking Point Break and uh, what's his name? The one, the guy who dies and the one of the the one of the dead presidents who dies mm-hmm. is the, is her neighbor that she's spying. James Legros. Yeah, he's that's her oh, that's is. her abusive yeah, neighbor. Wow. That uh, that she's spying on, <laughs> and she's a super hacker named Electra, which I mean should give definitely give you a little bit of a Matrix headache there. Yeah. Um. That's just stupid. <laughs> well, those guys are uh, yeah, and I mean also like, those guys are are huge uh, Frank Miller fans. So, oh yeah, for sure. So you kn- you know that that's where they stole that name from. For sure, and but you know it's just you know, and she's like this super the super uh, alias hacker, and she lives at the top of the hill where the three the three transmitter towers are. Not yeah. the one in Queen Anne, but the one that's farther uh, farther to the uh, to the east. Yeah, where the to the towers are way closer together. She lives in this apartment building right underneath there. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty funny because I can see that hill from my apartment. <laughs> Those and, towers, uh, yeah, ubiquitous in this town. Uh, uh, and so she's like, they get a contract to kill her because she's got some kind of information on this disc that disc. they want. She's got a disc, which is funny because like you see the computer readout when she makes the disc, and it's like all the you see the like the massive amount of data that they're putting on this disc, and it's just like a one and a quarter or yeah, one point four four floppy drive yeah. from back in the day. It was like it would barely hold like a fucking word document but back it's then. A, it's like a it's like the knock list. Yeah, from, right. It's from, like uh, the knock list, I mean, it's, and that's what it ends up being. Spoiler. Yeah, it's like an it's like a it's like a list of all the assassins. Yeah. It ends up being the knock list for Mission Impossible. Yeah, for bad guy assassins. Yeah, and the, basically, the, the what's happening in this movie is that uh, they got that lady, the the, per, the handler, the computer handler that's pretending they're a lady, but they're actually the mystery figure, and we're mm-hmm. like, who's that? And that person he keeps on assigning Stallone gigs, jobs to kill people, but at the same time, turning around and assigning the same job to Antonio Banderas, I guess, in the hopes of well, that he wants kills them, him he or wants something. them to wipe each other out, and so he can get a hold of the disc. Yes. Uh, and so Stallone keeps on going to gigs and be like, "Tell me, and then he was there, million dollars, and then fucking guys, there, what's going on?" Well, then, fine. Well, the other thing is he, he he zeroes in on Julianne Moore, and Antonio Banderas is there too, and he also is like, "I, you know, I can use her as bait to help me catch Antonio Banderas," and also he starts to have a crisis of conscience because he's like. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't want to kill this pretty he lady. He doesn't want to kill a pretty lady. I just don't like doing it anymore. <laughs> like the very the very young Julianne <laughs> Moore at this point. I had a flashback at the beginning of the movie. You get it. And and uh, <laughs> and there's a line where some where I forget who says it to him. I think it's Banderas who was like, 
it's different to kill a woman. You have to pull the trigger a different way. That's and I'm exactly like, I'm not exactly right. sure what the fuck that means, Ugh. but uh, but it did it's make very, me laugh. It's very, that's exactly the line. It's not the same as killing a man. You have, you to, have pull to pull the trigger, trigger a different that way. Is, that is such... You think that's a Helgeland line? That might be. That might that be. Some might be it, shit, who knows? Because Helgeland was brought in to rewrite it. Yeah, that's what man, I mean. It's, what, it's, a, what a bunch of titans that wrote this piece of shit. Seriously, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. That that sounds more like a Helgeland uh, line. It, yeah, to me. Could, I mean, it could go either way. It's not like the Matrix is bereft of. No, no, corny no, 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 no. That's true. That's true. True. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love oh, no, all I mean, three of those movies so, I mean, so ne- much. Neither but. is neither is Bound. I just think that Bound yeah. is like is like the perfect place for that, for dialogue. that dialogue. And also, like yeah. when you got Joey Pants saying it, it's right. like fucking dark it's like, in here. Yes. Man. And then if you get a different actor saying that shit, it's like, wow, that line sounds bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Anyway. Like if it's Carrie Ann Moss saying it, you're like, oof, whoops. Like, and I adore the Matrix movies. Don't get me wrong; I love yeah, them, yeah. all three of them. I'll defend them to the death. But there's there there's not a lack of corny shit in those movies. Well, no, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, you know, that's part of the Wachowski that's charm. Good, in my a, opinion. I mean, you know, my favorite it's, it's line from uh, from Wag the Dog. It's it's corny. Of course, it's corny. Yeah. It's supposed to be corny. <laughs> Making a fucking movie here. Not like this. Uh, this movie's not supposed to be anything. It's supposed to be finished by the filmmakers at some point yeah, and released yeah. in theaters to an unsuspecting bunch of people who are going to be bored out of their minds for two hours and 15 and at this minutes. Point, two hours and at this point, the movie Christ. just completely stops, though. Yeah. Like Boy, once, does it once slow he down. accumulates Julianne Moore, it really slows well, way she, down. Because Antonio Banderas kills the guys who she was going to sell the disc to who turn out to be uh, some sort of feds. Mm-hmm. And Antonio Banderas is like, oh, feds. He's like, I'm going to take this. This is my. My phone or whatever that was my pager that was going off. He's just driving the truck. The part where she's delivering the money or delivering the th- she delivers the disc and they're delivering her money in her little uh, yeah. remote control truck through the through air the ducts, ducts in this yeah. hotel somewhere. Uh, Julianne anyway. Moore is also introduced uh, and just like this is a uh, recurring theme throughout Richard Donner's work, uh, but it turns up in Assassins as well. Uh, she is introduced in an elevator behind a rich lady. Yeah. And the rich lady is complaining about oh, the right. restaurant she just stayed at. She's like, I didn't like that. She's wearing a fur coat. Yeah. Very important. I didn't like that restaurant. Too many foreigners. <laughs> yeah. And then Julianne Moore spray paints a, a red, like, cross out, uh, like, yeah, on the fur like coat. a Ghostbusters no ghost thing on her fur coat. Uh, so she's so for his murder. Yeah. But then you also, at one point, when Antonio Banderas is getting smashed up against the uh, the van, there's a sign on there with the no red NRA. Cross no yeah. NRA. Later in Later the Caribbean, on, there's a weird, there's a lady who's just a young Caribbean woman working as a waitress. Yeah, no, she's a waitress. She's a waitress and she has like a pro choice t shirt on. Yeah. Typ- Donner just like sprinkles typical those Donner in liberalisms. There. The it's best, good. the best thing about that uh, spray paint thing is that first of all, like that those guys because they hear it, you know, and in a movie you can't smell anything, but like I you don't can know, smell it. You can smell, you can smell spray paint. <laughs> it smells like fucking smell, spray paint. You know what it's it smells really like? Spray paint. Spray paint. paint. Uh, but also it's that spray paint immediately happening right behind the me. The best part of that scene is that she leaves and then she's Julia Moore who's constantly carrying her cat around with Pearl, her. The cat. Uh, she, Pearl the cat. She goes, she goes, you're welcome to her cat. And you're like, nobody's going to kill your cat for fur. That doesn't, that's uh, so weird. That's so weird. They're, the, kill, they're, they're killing minks that, in Russia. That cat is key to Stallone tracking her down after she gets away at first. Yeah. She gets away from him and leaves her, like drops her cat on the street by accident yeah. before she has to get on this bus. My and cat, so Stallone, Pearl, Stallone Pearl. tracks it down the, the pet store where she buys her cat food and then tracks down where Julianne Moore lives. Here's the funny thing. She is, couldn't, that's be, how more, you do it. Julianne she couldn't Moore, be more boring. Julianne Moore, <laughs> super hacker, blackmailing, extortionist super hacker, on the run from two different assassins that attacked her in her home, mm-hmm. one of whom abducted her. 
She escapes from that guy. Where does she go? Home. home. She goes back home. What an idiot. She goes home, and Tony Banderas <laughs> shows up and kills her neighbors who are... She's watching, and yeah. then, yeah, he, then Stallone blows up. There's a high body up. count in this movie. I'll give it that. Stallone blows up her apartment. Yep. He blows it. Oh, and then, and this is like a, the sort of the That was sort cool of scene when Antonio be... Banderas picks up the table and like blasts yeah, himself yeah. out the yeah. window. That's, that was cool. I, that's some classic sort of like ridiculous action shit that I that, that was uh, that I always like. Just I, all I got to do is protect myself from the fireball that's coming at me, and then yeah. I'm covered. <laughs> There's a trailer's worth of, of cool action shots in this. Movie. Sure, like and he jumps off the monorail. And yeah, stuff, I mean, there's know? like, but that's what I'm saying. It's that, but the, the movie's two hours and. 15 minutes. Right. The trailer is what, two minutes long? Yeah, yeah. There's it's two t- minutes of stuff that I find that was like, cool, oh, cool shot. Like when Antonio Banderas goes and goes, oh, shit, or whatever, when he know he, you know, here's the gas. Fuck, I'm like, motherfucker! Yeah, cool scene. Fuck, fuck motherfucker, fuck. Cool, cool scene. I wish it wasn't, you know, buried in this movie that I could give a fucking shit about. Yeah, yeah it is just uh, Stallone and Julianne, uh, Julianne Moore just sort of kind of going around from place to place involving a disc. For like an hour, and just having like a very, very, very half-assed romance of some sort of a romance. Like, is, did you like the scene where they, like, they s- have sex together? Do they? Is there a scene where they do? There isn't any. Because uh, it's like there's a part where it like cuts <laughs> in there in the same room, remember. and then she's like laying on the bed as if it's like morning, and it's it, it's like feels like it's implied that they, but they, they there was never a scene where they did. The uh, deed, you know? Yeah. Uh, usually when that happens, it may, but who knows? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Maybe they maybe shot they it just and they got, got it back and they're like, ooh, base. yeesh, uh, <laughs> ham hocks alone on top of Julianne Moore is not a pretty sight, so let's cut this. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> I kept it above their clothes the whole time, you know. Just a little, <laughs> little heavy padding. That's all it was. I was tired. I just, I just like it. Maybe or maybe I just, I just, keep I things, uh, yeah, I'll go slow a little bit. I'm a little old-fashioned, uh, Catholic. Uh, I, don't, I don't recall what happens, but it, but it, but it is like that's not like Stallone hooking up with Julie Roberts or Julie, Julianne Moore is isn't something anybody wants to see. No, and fortunately you don't really have to see it, even if it does happen, which is cool. But I guess maybe later on they get married. So Probably. who knows? They end up at they end up in the same bank or the same same town. They go to Puerto Rico at a certain is. point. The Puerto Rico. Did you did Puerto you like Rico. the part before they, they go to the well? It's the Caribbean somewhere. I think they specifically say Puerto Rico. I don't. I, all I remember is him going like, "We're going to the Caribbean," because she goes, "Where are we going?" He goes, "The Caribbean." But in that scene, shot it in Puerto is it Rico. Trinidad or Tobago. They're in. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what bridges you can see because they're under. They're under one bridge, and I think you can see the Ballard Bridge too. But uh, yeah, but like I think I think it was the university bridge. Their own houseboat. It might be the university bridge, but you can see one of the other drawbridges the next one. to it. Oh, the, well, okay. the Fremont Bridge and the Ballard Bridge are both green. Fremont Aren't they? is red Were they and blue. Were they in 95? I don't know. I think that bridge is classically blue. Well, this can't be interesting to people. Uh, <laughs> it takes. I think it takes <laughs> place in Puerto Rico no, at the, the end, too. It's not the Fremont actually, Bridge. It's not they, like they supposed to be say. there. Yeah, yeah. Right. But they didn't shoot that part in Seattle. No. What they did do is build this giant set of this decrepit old building across the street right. from the bank, and that's and they they I don't know if uh, the, the the thing that you see on the street is the whole thing, but they built shit tons of this like set of this decaying building with like sta- like sta- you know you can fall through the floors yep. and the stairways are like falling apart and all this stuff, and it's just a massive set. Yeah. And so they shoot For a lot. Somebody had to build this thing, so they shoot a lot of it. Yeah. There. I like the part though when they're under those bridges and uh, like Stallone's just eating this sandwich and they're having. Like a little, you know, like friendly chat with Julianne Moore and him, and and uh, <laughs> he's talking to the mysterious benefactor on the computer, and Julianne Moore sits down and like actually has dialogue where she goes like, "Do you ever wonder where they are, or who they are?" 
And he's like, you know, I never really thought about it. <laughs> it's just like, what? And it's like, I wonder if that'll be significant later. But anyway, yeah, so then they go to the Caribbean and, and, and Antonio whether Antonio Banderas has uh, staked out the, the bank, the same bank from which from whence Stallone once assassinated his own mentor. Right. While Stallone is getting the money that's been wired to their account, the twenty million dollars uh, that they're going to get for the disc from Mysterious Benefactor that's been wired to this bank, and he is immediately withdrawing in cash. And I think it's really funny that a bank in the Caribbean, notorious tax haven that does international business and has $20 million of American currency, takes an entire day to count that money? <laughs> Don't you have like one of those automatic money counter things? At least one? This is your whole deal, guys. It's what, got, you, you're a what bank. you do. What you got a, a automatic money counter. His name is Gary, and he's in the back <laughs> yeah, counting, right? counting one. And he's got a sponge like that he dips his thumb well, into he's like, uh, every once in a while. He's, he's, he's going to take a while. He's counting it one, one bill at a time and then at one point like Miguel or whatever the bank manager's name is is like knock knock Gary how are you doing and Gary's like are you fucking baby lost count I gotta start over again son of a (sighs) bitch (sighs) (laughs) you idiot idiot. Uh, (laughs) since you're here can you slide a sandwich under the door or something Uh, one of those po boys and then they then they've (laughs) they concoct this elaborate plan to get Banderas out of the sniper's nest so that Julianne Moore can go in and get his gun and it doesn't work she's out. She's got to take the shot. And, and then, yeah, she's got the gun, like, and she's going to try to shoot him. It's like he, an elaborate plan in a not-fun way. It's just very oh, belabored, yeah. and it takes forever, it and it's not and very on. exciting. Once it actually is like the three wow. of them in the, the hollowed-out, burned-out hotel, you know, shooting at each other a bunch, that's fine. That's pretty exciting. It's fine because the movie's almost over. The movie's over. almost over. Yeah. And then there's one final <laughs> twist yeah. where it turns out that the mysterious the mysterious benefactor is Nikolai. The contractor. What? The contractor the is, has been, has been uh, Sylvester Stallone's mentor, Nikolai. The figure of mystery and tremendous import to Stallone's past, present, and future is played by uh, some guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those classic cases where you're like, ooh, this would be a great one to have like some right. in, somebody anybody that Absolutely. I recognize. Like you couldn't have gotten like, like Dolph Lundgren hello. to play that guy or something. Any, anybody, just, a, just a, get an, I mean like an old, any, literally any John older, Ratzenberger. But seriously, any older actor. John Ratzenberger. Hey, yeah, uh, Stallone. Hey, yeah, no, hey, what, uh, what do you think? I was, I was a master assassin like you. Uh, you botched my joke, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah. But literally any, yeah, any recognizable older like A list actor Wendt. for a cameo would have been great. Anybody, Martin Mull. anybody Gene. that shows up and is like, "Ooh, that was the that was the guy from the beginning." I didn't recognize it was him, but yeah, you can shoot is. it in such a way where you don't show their face exactly. at the beginning, right? But it's just I'd never, I didn't don't re- didn't recognize him at all. He's like, it, "That's right, it was me." <laughs> you go, okay, who cares? <laughs> oh, I, I was literally like, "Who cares? Is this almost over?" And so there's like the fi- there's like a final well, he, like, fi- he gets the drop on that guy and kills him finally. Well, that, well, f- him and kind of Banderas, he, him and Banderas have a whole showdown at the start at that whole thing and Banderas is dead. Right, supposedly dead. You think he's dead. This guy uh this guy monologues and so then Banderas Well they both Stallone and Banderas both shoot the shit out of the the guy. Yeah, cuz he's been after playing he monologues, them against each other. Yeah. Yeah. He monologues and then Banderas is like I don't like that. And he starts shooting him, and then Stallone shoots him too, because he this guy's like thought he was dead, and he was like, "Oh, I'm I'm sad that Miguel's dead because he was the second best, always second best." Ha ha ha! And then Madaris is like, "I don't like that." And they both shoot the shit out of this guy, and they shoot around because he was wearing a vest or yeah, whatever. Yeah, one of those so they, things. Right. So they shoot they shoot him in like a million places around the vest. It's like that scene in uh, Desperado with Danny Trejo, and he's shirtless except for the vest, and just yeah, just like yeah. exactly. At least come in, on. At least in Desperado, it's like. 
it's fun though because he's like I'm a knife guy or whatever. Yeah, right. I mean, I and, and Desperado's dumb, but it's like Better it's never. Well, Desperado bo- it's never does that fucking one. Boring Desperado like does that fun thing where it's like it sets up multiple guys as yeah. like people who are going to be a real challenge for that. Banderas, and then they just get blown away. I love like, that in quick. movies. Yeah. Uh, that's like our whole next issue of Punch to Kill is just that. Oh, nice. uh, but uh, but like I just I love that where it's just like I'm the best, and then that guy gets Gone. killed right away. So I Desperado I don't think is perfect by any means, but it's no. like a movie I kept thinking about watching this one, one of the only which good is a movie Robert Rodriguez. Movies, I'll but say I mean, that. but Robert Rodriguez was a young guy who like who like got hungry, when, wanted to make a movie. But when, but when he makes, when you see him shoot action, the action in that is like closer to like the Hong Kong stuff. Yeah, yeah. he is, is a guy lifting who, from John this is a guy, But this is a guy who understands how to make that. And Donner's not. Donner's a very capable director, and he's but he's not he's not gonna that type of action isn't in his wheelhouse, right. you know. And so he's, he's not going to do it. And to be fair, the, the action in this movie is not really the weakest part of it. No, no, no. I just, all. but I mean, for but the action in it is like is that kind of thing where I'm like, oh, there, it's for me watching it for me. It's like you're trying to do a yeah, thing and you're not, really not in your wheelhouse doing it, and the, like the energy level is like a little lower. Yeah, it's a little slack. It needs to be. But there, but again, there's cool shots like when yeah, he, yeah. you know, I mean, he's a guy who made Lethal Weapon, so you know, of course, a guy getting blown up, you know, a house blowing up. It's like, yeah, I mean, he's right. done. It's he's it's done just like it's like straight down the middle, medium level action. That's not my complaint with this. my complaint with this movie have to do with the fact that it's two hours and 15 minutes yeah, it's, and lots of other stuff it's just very and, indifferently and, and the, made and the ending is also <laughs> just another like just too many cooks in the kitchen dumb bullshit and possibly like stallone interceding sort of thing where antonio banderas like they've been against each other the whole time but Antonio Banderas is very like charming in the movie, so you don't hate him, and you know he's just doing the same job that Stallone always did. So why would we hate but one he's more actually, than the other? But he's actually doing his but job. But he's, he's doing, <laughs> and he's and he's Antonio, but he's fun. And so like at the very end, they, they kind of like both turn against uh, Kol- Kalashnikov or whatever his fucking name is, <laughs> Nikolai. Like, Nikolai. Uh, t- at the same time, and it's like, oh, they're buddies. And then he, and then he goes, well. And he, and now Stal- I have to Stallone, kill you too. But Stallone goes like, well, you know, I don't even want to be. So you See can you be, you can go ahead and be the number I will one. Retire, you can be number one. one. And he's, he's like, like but I will not be number one as long as you are still alive. Well, for a while he goes like, yeah, that sounds good to me. It was very nice meeting you, Robert Rath. And then he goes, very dangerous me, you, Miguel Bain. And then you're like, that would be kind of a cool place to end it. Just cut right there. Just end it right there. And then just so fucking dumb. Yeah. Where he's like walking away and then he goes, nah, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, as long as you're alive. <laughs> as long as you're alive. I will uh, never, be, I will number never one. be number one. And then, and then Stallone off. shoots him from inside his jacket no, but, behind him. Because he sees the reflection in, in Julianne Moore's sunglasses. sunglasses. Yeah, she puts her sunglasses on. He so he sees can aim reflection. through his jacket to yeah. shoot Shoots him. through his jacket and he's like, now I am dead. So I guess the torch hasn't been passed. And then they one generation of action stars. And then they walk out of there and Julian Morris remembers to go get the money, and then they have some some quip or something. I think Stallone ADR does say like, some, oh, "It'd be nice to go to the hospital." Yeah, <laughs> which is like, well, right. it's some ADR quip. Yeah, maybe they, take me to the hospital. Would be good. And the, the like, just, just such a weak. That did just give you an idea of just sort of how baggy and weak a lot of this movie is. Just that ending is so just dorky, and and I, and I feel like it maybe is like Stallone stepping in and going, like, well, he, "He's gonna live. I'm the, I'm the hero of the movie. The guy gotta die." Yeah. Like I don't fucking know. It's, it seems like the sort of thing that. Some, some I'd sort be very curious to read the, the it, it seems like the yeah. Think, oh yeah, I would like to see what that would be like. It, it seems like the type of movie where like both of them end up dead at the end, you know, because right. it's like yeah, be cool. because they can't, you know, neither 
neither of them can one, neither one or both of them can exist in, in the same. I think the movie is something. that I think the end of the movie should be that they like make make friends, quote unquote, and then you know, leave it open for a, a second adventure. You know what I mean? Like somebody else comes after the both of them in a sequel or something. You yeah, know? maybe that would be, I, I liked the. I'm not saying this friends. movie needs a sequel. I'm just saying like well, this that's mo- a more interesting. This movie ending. certainly doesn't need a sequel. This movie needed a different director, a different somebody else playing Sylvester Stallone's yeah. role. Yeah. yeah, it needed to be 45 minutes short. Yeah. Like, this I feel like fucked up I in feel a like you could have completely excised the Julianne Moore character and just come up with a different MacGuffin. Yep, absolutely. Like a cat. She's her characters where a lot of the time the time sucking comes yeah, from. Really, and she's you know I mean she's fine, but it's it's yeah, a yeah, nothing yeah. role, so it doesn't doesn't really matter that she's much not she doing much. Do. It's, yeah, it's certainly not bad. I'm glad that anymore, I'm glad you... that she got paid to be in a big studio movie and it just you know boosted her. Her pro her profile yeah yeah I mean you leads to boogie nights you you do you do feel like watching this where you're like this is why when Julianne Moore when she read the script of Boogie Nights was like I'm 100 percent on board with this because and he and you know some young kid comes to her and goes like hey lady I wrote a part for you can you read this and she reads it and goes like oh my god I would yes (laughs) fucking yes absolutely are you kidding me remember I was in Assassins (laughs) right it's entirely not her fault it's just like and she's She's fine. She's like I'm. She's doing the dialogue. She looks great. She's supposed to do. Yeah, she's very young and pretty in this, so uh, that's nice. There's a part in it where she says, uh, one of, "Probably my favorite part of the whole movie is just this extremely bizarre line." Where she uh, she like pull, does a little switcheroo because they're like partners at this point, and then they and she and she he Stallone thinks that this is after the monorail incident, and it's like they got the disc. Uh, oh no! And she's like, no, actually, I did a switcheroo before you even went because I had I knew something was up. She goes, they got bubkiss, zero, zilch, nada, zot, nix, nada, dry hump, squirt, diddly squat. What? Wait, back up, <laughs> zot. Okay, that's a new one. Starting to me. with zot. Nix, okay, not a sure dry hump. Yeah, what? I've never heard no. of that one. And then, to a lesser extent, squirt. I've heard that before. I, You've heard squirt. I, think I, I have got, heard that. I feel before. like I feel like squirt. I feel like ninety-five. You might heard, you might have heard. Also, that. I mean, heard I've heard this. I've heard Nix, but never in that context. Nix to me, Nix means to me stop. Yeah, like not we nothing. Nixed, we nixed we that. Nixed that. Yeah, Nix, Ixnay on the whatever. Yeah. Right, but and diddly squat. Everyone knows that. But Zot, I am not familiar with. Zot is a comic book. Dry hump. Dry hump. Dry hump. Dry no, no one's hump. ever heard dry hump. They got dry hump. Whoever wrote that line needs to be uh, needs to be insane. sent to jail. The pokey, the pen, the, the big house, <laughs> the hooskow. the dry hump. <laughs> Squirt. Uh, all right. Uh, do we have any more lines? <laughs> well, I like the pull, pulling the trigger in the same way. If, if there was more stuff like that, like pull the trigger this, this in a different makes, way. Makes, <laughs> Almost makes the movie sound like it's more fun than it is. Like if it had just horse shit like that in there, you yeah. got to pull the gun. And that's it. No, all right. th- that's all the fun stuff. All right, let's do ratings then. Yes, please. Let's get out of here. Well, I'm sorry to say <laughs> let's that get out uh, of this movie. that uh, while I don't disagree with any of your uh, your feelings about this movie, gentlemen, I still found it completely easy to watch uh, after I got off an airplane and didn't have anything to do that day. <laughs> so uh, I give it three juds. Uh, I was not as uh, interminably bored as you, uh, even though I can't forgive uh, really any of it. I just, didn't, I just didn't hate watching it. That's so, all. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way it is. Sometimes. It was just fine. It's fine. Uh, I was amused enough by it. Uh, I also watched this back to back with Timeline, which is another very late Richard Donner movie. Which oh yeah, also has a Paul terrible, Walker, Paul Walker, uh, Jerry Butler. He um, gave them Greek fire. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I, and I found that enjoyable too. So it was just like two mediocre action movies. That's one of the biggest bombs ever. Timeline. Yeah, you know, and it's not that bad. 
Yeah. It's okay. Anyway, well, with reviews like that, <laughs> yeah, <you can laughs> put that on the box. Not that bad. Uh, so three, okay. three Judds, uh, zero, zero Douglases. Absolutely. Really, there's nothing Douglasy no, in this at all. Zot. Yeah, dry hump. I wish there was five a dry Douglases hump, for dry hump. <laughs> squirt. No. Squirt. squirt dry maybe hump. not. I feel like squirt, squirt sounds like something I'd no. heard, but yeah, they, I have so never. zero Douglases. No, you may be right. And uh, and I guess I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. Uh, Geographical discrepancies in the Seattle area. <laughs> yeah, that's it's probably more than that. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, let's probably see. Hundred. Uh, I'm gonna give it two, two Juds. God, I kind of feel like going lower than that, but it's because on the on account of the two with the fucking length, but it's not that bad. And there is some like fun action in it, and and I thought just that set that they built for that decrepit building was like just kind of neat. Like I get to look at this, that's cool. I've got to feel like why am I stretching to like? <laughs> it's it, 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 two two is bad. It's a bad score, and it's not a, not a great movie. So yeah. whatever. I'm I mean, sticking it deserve, with it. in my opinion, I should give it two and a half judds, but I was I was amused. Yeah, and I'm gonna give it uh, zero zero Douglas, and then again zero Douglases. What are we doing here? Like yeah. there's not even like Douglases in this movie. Yeah. What the hell? This is going to be an almost zero Douglas entire episode. But at least, yeah. Yes. That's God. true. God almighty. Wow, well, old zero Douglas Donner. <laughs> ZDD. Apparently Douglas was considered for the Stallone role. That, really? Uh, that would be so weird. That would at weird. least be one Douglas. <laughs> that would be so weird. Yeah, boy. Uh, and then I'm going to give it uh, Bubkiss. Zero, zilch, zot, nix, nada, dry hump, squirt, diddly squirt. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I'm giving it. I'm giving it one, Judd. Uh, I, I, yes. I'm. I'm tempted. Wish I'm, I had the ball. I'm tempted to give it half a Judd. I thought this movie fucking sucked <laughs> from beginning to end. It is the for the same reason that Matt thought it was okay. I hate it. I hate. I hate how this is exactly the kind of shit you really can't it stand. It sucks. It's like yeah, the, it's like the, it's like the most bullshit, boring, right. uh, fucking studio action shit from the '90s. No that October just, that Nobody fucking gives a shit about. <laughs> You know what I mean? That like, like nobody making it cares. Like it's just, it's just this this shitty product that had been rewritten and rewritten to such a point that they're like, we're gonna make yeah. it and release it. Some people will go. Nobody see Nobody can it. stop us who from fucking, making this. Who fucking cares? I, I will say it this just for fucking, it. It fucking annoyed me so much. The action is fine. Yeah. If that's the best you can say about a fucking movie, like yeah. that, like it was fine. I mean, I like that it was shot in Seattle. Banderas is fun. Because I recognize places, but right. like, man, fuck this movie. Banderas I, is doing a thing. That's why I give it one instead of half. Wow. This is this is a bad example, but I, I do miss when a reliably like a like a decent programmer action movie was coming out like every couple yeah. of weeks. This is one of them, even though it's bad. I just that's the, this is exactly the kind of thing I would have seen it just because it was there. I just yeah. remember you know this I mean? shit was coming out and I was like, Yeah, it was I like I like that that was more shit like that being made, yeah. sort of. But also at the time, even I would go see something like the fucking big hit and be right. like, "Well, fucking don't make this movie, right? Either exactly <laughs> that <laughs> sucks too. I mean, you know, come on. So anyway, what a piece of shit. Uh, zero Douglases because of all the stuff. Zero Douglases, fuck you. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it one hilarious use of the Seattle monorail. The, <laughs> yeah. only, the only part, other part I liked. One half a one half a, a Notor- notorious commuter hellhole. Getting get off my Monorail. job at the cotton candy stand <laughs> and going back to my home at the top of the mall. Half a Judd for the the weird use of the monorail. Half a half a Judd for Antonio Banderas having take a good it from, time. From the fucking from the music from the EMP to the Buffalo Wild Wings at Westlake Center. Wow, how a convenient! Whole, a whole four block commute. That's what I call infrastructure right uh, there. 
If you're if you're a tourist in Seattle though, it is kind of it's fun. awesome. It's kind of fun to be. But hunting. it is entirely just like hey, it's very it's, dangerous. It's, it's killed like it's a, a bunch of people too. It's as it's as valid a form of public transportation as Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, it is just totally like a carnival it's ride. <laughs> it's just a ride, but it is neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, well, let's get out of here. Speaking assassins. of assassins, I mean, let's get out. Let's get, out, let's get to the next one. Speaking of neat, this is the well. movie. This is the one of the three that I legit loved. I've I always know. liked this movie. To one degree or another, but this time watching it, I, it really clicked for me God. again. I just thought it was great. This is my favorite of the three. Wow. Um, you, you just hated this? this? I hate this movie. Really? Oh, man. Yeah. How can you hate wow. this? It's so I weird. I don't understand why people like how you guys like this movie. It's I mean, so unpleasant. Because it's like- I don't find I, it unpleasant at all. I find, I find it, it really interesting and idiosyncratic I find and it weird. Just, I just find it like entertaining. I can't believe this movie even got made. It's so strange. Like, yeah, I, just, I agree with that. I just think this movie is like- it was like, especially after fucking sitting through Assassins, I was like, yeah. it was just fun to, it was like that breezy sort of Donnery stuff again, where it was like, oh, cool, characters that are like, maybe not likable or whatever, but like, at least weird stuff is happening, and like, the movie is, the movie is looks trying to great. be funny it's and It's very stuff, stylized, know? especially for Donner. I love the, movie, the score. By I the way. That the two lead performances are great. Yeah. The movie is Conspiracy, Conspiracy Theory. Conspiracy Theory from 1997. When you're in love, you'll jump from the top of the Empire State, screaming Geronimo the whole way down. I love her so bad, I just... Uh, well, she wrecks me. My name is Sutton. I'm with the Justice Department. I am an American citizen, and I demand to see Alice Sutton. He probably is crazy, but there's something about Jerry that... Jerry Fletcher has theories. The whole Vietnam War was fought over a bet that Howard Hughes lost to Aristotle Onassis. Some would call his theories crazy. You're telling me that NASA is going to kill the President of the United States with an earthquake. Not exactly the kind of thing a Secret Service agent can, like, just throw himself on top of. He writes them in his newsletter. This is our third issue this year, conspiracy theory. He sends them out. (laughs) Look, I feel kind of naked back here. Could we get out of here? Please don't tell me you're naked back there. No, it's just a figure of speech. Could we go? But I don't love it like Matt does. I just think it's fine. I've just seen this movie a bunch, right and I've middle. always kind of have a, spot, a soft spot for it. And like sometimes when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, that was really good. And then when other times, it's like, oh, this really clicked this time. I was really into it. And this is one of those times. Well, I guess um, it's like the third time that I've seen it. And I think I, I think I have the opposite effect for like I, I like it less every time that I see it. Oh man, it's so it's so I just, unusual. I just don't know. It is unusual. I'll, I'll definitely give it that. It's I just so find unusual. It, I just, <laughs> thank, you. thank you. I just find it to be like a ca- fucking cacophony. It's like so much of this movie is just Mel Gibson like running around with like there's like pulsating lights and him just going like ah ah ah. It's like it's like one scene. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot of the movie. That ha- that happens numerous times, and uh, and I don't. I'm not a big Julia Roberts fan, so right. that doesn't help at all. I think she's good in this. The it movie has the best part of your day terrible music. It's the best part. Of See, my you day. hate and you hate the score. I think the score is one of the most idiosyncratic and interesting parts of I it. I agree. I agree. It is idiosyncratic. It's like this wacky. But all the all the different motifs and the different sort of forms that it takes, by the end of the movie, they all come into one piece of music and it turns into this whole thing. It's, I hadn't thought about it's, it. It's way. really well structured. It sounds it sounds like Carter a, Burwell, the great Carter Burwell. Oh, Carter music a, music yeah. for like a comedy movie. It sounds like the music from Nine to Five. I haven't seen Nine to Sometimes five, it like, has comedy music. Other times it's got this it's really just, great suspenseful strings. It's this very yeah, jaunty and we, stuff. weird jaunty. Yeah, they're sport. not playing jaunty jazz when Mel Gibson's like in a wheelchair going, ah! Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, but then he bites off Patrick Stewart's nose, which is more, which is more interesting than he anything that happened. He just bites into his nostril. I know, but but it, but you know, still, he bites his nose, which is more interesting than anything that happened in Assassins. 
I like that scene too because they go, "We need to find out what he knows. What does he know? What he knows? What he knows?" And Mel Gibbs is like, "Nose, nose!" And he bites his nose. Well, I think we, 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 I think we all agree it is a weird and idiosyncratic movie. But you guys are going like, "I can't believe they made this," and I'm going like, "I can't believe they made this." I literally can believe they made it, and I think, and I, I think it's fine. Yeah, that's a movie that I totally can believe they made, especially in 1997. It would, this would never get made now, ever. Well, ever, not with Mel ever. Gibson. Well, it wouldn't get made with anybody because <laughs> nobody would make it. Yeah, maybe Chris Pratt could be in. The I mean, Mel it's Gibson. that time. It was that time too of like where like you know you could make a movie about a conspiracy theory guy and have him be like the hero and right or whatever. But he's not. That's that's the that's what they sold it on. But that's not what happens in the movie. No. It's he's, not that it's not that he it's not that it turns out that one of his conspiracy theories turns out to be right. It's that he's a brainwashed assassin, and and that's it. Like all the shit about like is NASA going to cause an earthquake, which is what they kind of keep pushing you toward the idea that he's that he's discovered, just turns out to be a bunch of bullshit. It's just about how here's some of the uh, uh, just some examples of some of the stuff that he says because it opens with a solid hour of Mel Gibson driving around in his cab with wacky music playing and him just rattling off like. Ma- kind of that made, is a, made that is a gross exaggeration <laughs> of what happens in the movie. <laughs> this is what happens. Uh, it, it's not an hour. It does seem like the worst cab driver ever. And so people man. get in and get off and they're constantly going like, oh, cab drivers, am I right? Because that's part of the concept is like New York cab drivers, you know? Right, they're fucking right. crazy. And he's like, you know, you know, he's talking about fluoride. And he's like, you know what this stuff does? Weakens you. your will. It weakens your will. It makes you a slave to the state. You know, what, you know about these right-wing groups that are out there? Like, I think that they are the UN troops. Yeah, like, yeah. They, like, you ever see those advertisements? Got milk? That's just one that he just kind of fires off there. Black uh, helicopters, you don't hear them coming. At one part, point, he says the festering scab that is the Vatican. Yeah. He, he actually, <laughs> they actually, I have to say, because you, you hear about a movie about conspiracy theories, and we know what what, cons- what happened with like the culture of conspiracy theories yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. This was like when this movie came out, it hadn't been politicized. They hadn't fully gravitated to like lunatic well, right-wing well, fringes. Well, the president wasn't. The, exactly. the leader of the conspiracy, you know, it wasn't right. like this was before. Like Alex Jones wasn't like famously like a right wing right, stooge right. or anything. It was, like the, that. the worst you got He's was like Art Bell on the radio going like, "I saw another, saw another flying saucer." Yeah, they 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 were like, if anything apolitical and stuff. Right. Uh, but like now with like the context that we have these days and Mel and the context we have on Mel Gibson, yeah, it these seems days, a lot scarier. You go like, "Oh no, a movie where Mel Gibson's like a crazy conspiracy guy." But it seems like they worked really hard to have him saying things that couldn't be construed that they wouldn't make you gravitate away from him as a, a hero of the movie yeah. so he, well, he, so at no likeable. point does he say anything about Jews well i mean i think <laughs> right. i think that it's i think that his character is really interesting because it's so it's like bittersweet it's very sad like jerry is terrified he's a, yeah, and, he's a tragic character. and he's tragic and it's very and you know all these all these things that he thinks he sees you know, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. You know, it's it's that's really. Exactly. It's really I guess that's what I meant by that. He's right. He's not right the about the, of the crazy movie. stuff he's saying, but he is right that they are out to get him. Like yeah. he's like he, might he be is literally right. being followed by guys in black trucks. He might be right about people trying to kill the president with earthquakes. That right. Could, that could. That be. might actually be true. He's got that one scene where he's so. there in the subway and he's like <laughs> talking about the guy, the rich guy who drowned. That she's like, that was in the newspaper. He's like, yeah, but this whole this whole place was underwater last night because yeah. of the water main break, and his office is right upstairs. So don't you, you know, check his lungs, see if he's got fresh water in his lungs. You know, it's, it's cool. It's funny that he's always into that shit. But then I, he turns into this totally tragic figure. And the opening stuff is like is like a lot, but I also I think Richard Donner's one of his cab one of his cab guys. Yeah, Richard yes, Donner's Richard Donner's in the cab. In the cab uh, yeah, and then uh, but I like that stuff just mainly because I like the way that he shoots the New York street scenes. Reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of the way that the Superman uh, stuff looks. Like I don't know, there's a, just a 
uh, th- something to it where I'm like, ah, oh, it's these great, these great sort of like tracking shots through these traffic, through all this traffic. And it and looks stuff. great. It's all wet, rain soaked and neon yeah, lights yeah. and know, stuff. It looks like that, like that when when like in those '80s movies, Ghostbusters is a good example too, like of people making New York just look, look like this looks cool, and not like a way where they go like make New York look like a shithole because they want to point mm-hmm. that out or make it, but just like like that's probably how that place looks. I kind of like it. Cool, had, what had, a cool uh, looking the great, city. The great DP John Schwartzman on this movie who okay. shot Enemy of the State and Armageddon and The Rock. And lots of stuff like that around that time. Uh, I think he makes this movie look great. Yeah, the on-location New York stuff looks pretty good. The whole um, movie look is like that. It's almost all on-location. Yeah, there's some of the stuff in the in the hall. <laughs> I might just be gravitating to this scene <laughs> where Mel Gibson's escaping on his wheelchair, and it's just like loud noises and strobing lights. I think and, that's really and scary. him screaming. It, it was It was just. It was just like uh, getting slapped in the face. Repeat. It was just like well, the he loves the street Jack Hammers. You know? Jack Hammers when you're hungover, sort of thing. Where I'm just going like. <laughs> I think that seems funny because he's like the way he's escaping and his eyes are taped open and and Patrick Stewart is like at one end of the hall screaming and also at the other end of the hall and I was laughing I'm like this is and I'm like this has this is supposed to be funny right because Mel Gibson is like a, a notorious goof yeah. Was, sorry, sorry, was, not to describe. No, Mel Gibson is notorious for other stuff too. He was but doing. He's also at the time. Like, he's at the time. We were I was like, oh, that Mel. <laughs> while we're talking about pro- promo, <laughs> and I wish I could remember it better, but while we're talking about promotional stuff. Oh yeah, there was a whole thing where Julia Roberts kept talking about how he pranked her all he the time. He pranked on the her set. all the time. Uh, yeah. He's a prankster. George Clooney was the he followed in the Mel, in Mel Gibson's footsteps as a legendary prankster. set prankster. What a what a prankster! Not not um, thankfully not as the racist piece of garbage. Yeah, Mel Gibson was no, sending. Clooney just did fun pranks and people were like, ah, that rascal. Then he didn't like you know. Then he wasn't like ah the Jews. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Mel Gibson was sending her used condoms and dead rats. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. Then Jared Leto was, was like, character. this is what I'm gonna do. How, who, what character is that in? Just because you are like, a character doesn't like, mean you have character. Like the Joker, you know he uses condoms and mails them to people. Hilarious. You and your you and your butt boys are not going to get any. We live in a world, Batman, where I mail. We live in a society, Batman. In a society, sorry. This guy sent me used condoms. It's weird that that's in the trailer because he doesn't say that in the movie at all. (laughs) Very weird. Anyway, I also another thing I wanted to point out before I forget, and that is kind of wonderful about all three of these movies, is this is Dick Donner and his like mildly left wing agenda, mm-hmm. and every single one of them's got a famously right wing actor in it that he <laughs> that he made do that he made do his dirty That's work. That's true. Yeah. Uh, from Stallone to Mel Gibson Mel, to Mel's Bruce in, Willis. Mel's in like what six six Donner movies? Five. A bunch. Yeah. Because well, I mean the well, four, this, uh, four lethals. This Maverick. This Maverick and the four lethals. Yeah. Mel Gibson was always like I think we talked about this during the lethal episode was always pretty good about at least at, at the time at keeping it close to, close to the vest. Yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> you know it would slip through every once in a while in one of his movies, but like it was like not you know. That yeah. bad, like the one, the the one pretty egregious scene in uh, Braveheart. Yeah, with the uh, pushes the kid out the window, the gay son out the window, the gay, the gay, the gay, the and it's, the son's and it's, the yeah. son's gay lover. Yeah, and it's funny, and it's like <laughs> it's like a scene where you're like, if if it had been played a little differently, you could be like, man, that that king is a real fucking mean bastard. But the way it's played is like you're uh, at that moment supposed to be like, yeah, well, you know, this guy's a real bad guy. Uh, also. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny that he did that. Yeah. That guy was gay. That it's guy. Funny. Hey, look, this guy's the bad guy, but he's right about his son right. and this gay guy. Yes. Oh, that's not good. So, uh, you know, but but mostly for the most part, Mel Gibson didn't hadn't quite gone yeah. public yet. And he's buddies with all these like a uh, left wing yeah. guy. I mean, that's just kind of the way it was at the time. And I think so. Know. I mean, you know, James Woods was out there. Uh, We're gonna talk about Willis too. <laughs> mm, yeah. Willis, you know. Yeah. 
for God's sakes. But but Willis will obviously. I mean, I guess all three of these guys will just do the gig. Sure. Uh, to their credit. Yeah. Especially Willis these days. Yep. <laughs> well, well, I, you know, we'll talk about that. Anyway, okay, anyway. So, okay, so what, what ends up happening in this movie is that we, we figure out that Mel Gibson's character, Jerry, uh, is... Jerry! You know, Jerry. And I, he's, I hope Jerry. you like the, the name Jerry because you heard it a thousand times in this. He's obsessed. He's stalking, basically, this assistant district attorney for the state of New York, mm-hmm. Alice Sutton, played by Julia Roberts, whose boss, by the way, Steve Cahan. Yep. Uh, always love to see Captain yeah, he Murphy. He is playing Captain Murphy in this too. It's basically like, Captain hey, Murphy Julia, if he was a district attorney. Yeah, hey, Julia, get the hell out of here. You know why? Uh, you know what this says? <laughs> you know why I can handle you, Julia Roberts? Because I don't give a fuck. I don't give a. I shit. gotta go get in this family photo at the end of Lethal Weapon. Right. Just don't do the thing or do it. I don't fucking care. I'm I love I love Captain Murphy. Big Steve Cahan stand over here. Love this guy. <laughs> always happy to see him in a Dick Donner movie. Steve Cahan, if you're listening to this, you're your fan club. Is he alive? I don't know. He's a very old in every movie I've seen him in yeah. from the 80s, so probably. Well, I mean, I assumed that when Donner died that Steve Cahan was entombed <laughs> with him in tribute. He's a very like at the Smithers. bottom of his, yeah, like of his He's just screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goody. Uh, I got to get in that grave. Oh, goody, yeah. I got to get in that grave with him. All right. All right, whatever. I don't, whatever. I don't care. care. I don't give a shit anymore. Fuck it. Anyway. Get out of my office. He's screaming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so good. So, and it, and... By the way, it's it's important, but they don't hammer it. They don't really hammer on what's going on, but it's important that Julia Roberts is investigating the death of her father at the hands of somebody named Ezekiel Walters, yeah. who she's pretty convinced is not the person who murdered her father. And turns out wasn't. And there's a whole, like, and this guy was like a union figure, so it was like a whole reason why he may have been assassinated. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of, it's all in the background. Characters talk about it, but they never really explain the whole situation. It never comes clear, like, exactly what it is that they're talking about. Um, but Jerry's obsessed with her for some reason. Jerry. And, and keeps, like, hunting her down at the office and, like, sending her messages. He's, he hangs out outside her apartment and watches her while she's on the treadmill and all this stuff. And he's in love with her. He says he's in love with her. And one of the things that he says is that, you know, the love the love that he feels for her is what sort of set him free. And it fi- we find out later that that is true, that the fact that he's... That he fell in love with Alice is what caused his brainwashing to break. Yeah. Um, but but at the beginning, she's very sweetly not terrified by Jerry <laughs> and kind of allows him in and out of her life, tries to calm him down. To an absurd extent at a certain an, point. Yeah, I think I think it's a bit unrealistic, but also we're making there, there's a movie a part here. La- yeah, but there's a part later on where like, this is this is maybe at the halfway point when he's kind of reaching his breaking point, and he steals a gun from a cop, yeah. and he's waving a gun around, and he's never been anything other in, than unstable in, in and, her and office, lunatic. Like, yeah, it's in, in like the lobby, in the of, lobby her of her office, building. and she goes up, and she's like, Jerry, Jerry, yeah. come on now. Well, she, that's, I like, I like that about her because scared. she's like trying to de-escalate the situation rather than just being like a scared lady you and know what I mean a, she's cool as a cucumber I'll give her that I do like Julianne Moore in this he's so like Julia, 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 Julia Roberts she's good Julia in Roberts. it I don't. I mean, I, I don't really have like strong feelings about her either way in most things, but I thought she's pretty good. At she gets to I, do I her, her trademark yelping scream a couple I, times. I like her. Whoa! Woo! <laughs> um, <laughs> pretty great. I like the scene where where uh, she goes back to Jerry's apartment with him. That's pretty wild. And like. 
you see his whole apparatus of just how he yeah. lives and how sad and scary that is. It reminded me of the scene in Manchurian Candidate remake when like you go home to Denzel's house Oof. and the re- the reveal of like all the ramen and oh. all the newspapers and stuff. This is a bit more elaborate and a bit more played. It's more like, specific. He's yeah. got he's got locks on it all, on all, everything. 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 He's got one of those storefront screens that you like that people mm-hmm. pull over down his pantry. Over his pantry. He's really afraid people are gonna steal it. I su- I suspect more than that. Poison. He thinks he's gonna be poisoned. Yeah. But he like locks on like in different individual locks on like the coffees and like food that he has in his fridge. And, and he's stuff talking like to himself the whole wild. time. All he's the like, time. Like, this I is like the, the granddaddy of all Richard Donner muttering movies. Well, and also the granddaddy fest. of Mel Gibson fast talking shtick movies I like too. The, like I like the muttering yes. in this though because Gibson. Yeah. That's, that's something that Gibson is great good at. Like yeah. the part when he at the beginning where he's talking to all his. Uh, his fares. like fares, but then it's nobody's like, in the back he's, seat. And he's just talking, and he's like, "That almost feels <laughs> like that almost feels like Mel Gibson ad lib yeah. stuff." Yeah. Oh, cause, sure, because he's like, he it was great at that. I'm sure. There's speaking tons of, of ad-libs. speaking of ad libs, there's a fun uh, uh, outtake on the old DVD where they're shooting in the cab on the street and the camera pulls out and another car pulls up next to the cab and it's Danny Glover's in the car. He's like, Aww. "Hey, buddy." <laughs> uh, like Danny Glover's go cameo in Maverick. Yeah, yeah. I'm too old for he this shit. He says he's too old for this shit. They look at each other. Go too, spit, like, Maverick. We recognize each other from that other movie. I, yeah. like it. <laughs> I think that's fun. But uh, <laughs> I, li- I really like this scene. Is that I- Richard Donner too? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Of course, it's Richard Donner. I really <sighs> like that the the whole thing where he's like basically showing her around his apartment and like. Uh, I like I like the, when he puts the bottle on the on the doorknob, and she's like, "What is that? Some kind of elaborate booby trap?" He's like, "No, it's a beer bottle." But it is an I mean, it is. alarm, it yeah. is not a non elaborate alarm. alarm system that she ends up adopting later on. Yeah, um, and so I, I like the way their relationship mutates from like she's kind of like scared and and holds him at arm's length to starting to see that maybe he's onto something because obviously people are chasing him. Oh yeah. And like, there's that you know that whole when she meets Patrick Stewart and she's like immediately like, oh, this guy's up to no good. You know, <laughs> this guy's clearly some bad news. He's doing everything short of twirling a mustache, and he's yeah, he's yeah. definitely bad news. <laughs> definitely, I love I love all that shit. And then, that part happens fairly early on too, where like they basically they introduce Mel Gibson muttering at people in the mm-hmm. cab. Then they introduce the Julia Roberts relationship. You see him, you know, standing outside her apartment while she's running, going like, "Why do you push yourself like that? Mm-hmm. Why do you run so hard? What are you trying to get away from?" Blah, blah, blah. And then and then it's like probably at the fifteen minute mark or something, maybe. 15 or 16 minutes where like he gets kidnapped by the fucking government it's a little later than that because there's, the there's, there's a whole thing first where he's driving around he picks up his newspapers then he goes to see Alice then he goes back to his apartment it's the first time we see his apartment and yeah. he like he's eating his tapioca pudding and he's making his conspiracy zine that he mails to people <laughs> five conspiracy subscribers theory. yeah he's got and he's got a bunch of subscribers and uh, and it, and like later he finds out that a bunch of them died under yeah. mysterious circumstances and five. stuff like that yeah and uh, and you know you sort of get this insight into the into the way he lives before the sort of plot proper kicks in. He then he goes to see Alice at the at her office. Then he gets kidnapped. Yeah, they, and this is the part when they're like they've got him strapped to a um, uh, a wheelchair. Yeah. And Patrick Stewart's they they've injected him with like this crazy uh, thing that makes his his they visuals look him. like a '90s grunge video. They want to know it's what going, he knows. Whoa. They're doing a whole Natural Born Killers whoa. style thing. <laughs> and it's important that he sees the smokestacks out the window. The three smokestacks. <laughs> Uh, and they like they they don't waterboard him, but they they like keep dunking him into the water, similar and, sort of and thing. Trying to tor- they're torturing him to get information like, oh, out of him. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. and he doesn't. And he's they, he's so doped up that he doesn't appear to know what's happening to him. He's like, well, this is where they th- this is when the gravy talk starts happening. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, not the gravy, not the gravy. I'm going to give you the brain gravy, number one. 
He's like, not the gravy. I don't want any gravy. I don't want any gravy. Not the gravy. (laughs) (laughs) No gravy. And this just goes on and on. This scene is 45 minutes long. And at a certain point, he like leans. He like uh, he's like, come in, come in. Close, Patrick's too. I don't, I don't remember how this happens, but well, he he's like, Patrick. he's, he's, he's just gonna whisper it in his ear. Sure. Uh, he's gonna whisper it into your nose. He bites gotta whisper Patrick my secret nose. into your nostril. I like the scene later when there, when Alice is talking to Patrick Stewart, and and she's like, he's like, I bet you're wondering what happened to my nose. Well, a dog bit me, and she's like, oh, that, that's terrible. He's like, tell me about it. it. Was my dog? The poor thing's gonna be destroyed later today. It's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> like even his stories are needlessly cruel. That makes me sound normal, right? Yeah, was I right. striking a normal that, note there? That doesn't make me sound like a diabolical villain. <laughs> I don't want to arouse suspicion well, had, or anything. He had to say that because he's talking about Mel Gibson. Right. <laughs> of course he's saying because Mel Gibson is his dog. Oh, no. He's going to have dog lover Mel Gibson. Yeah. He does love dogs. He's going to have to destroy him. We all love dogs. Yeah, so there's that part. And then he goes back to Julia Roberts and tells her that happened. nobody believes him, of course. And then what happens just a whole bunch of stuff. This movie also is over two hours long, although this one didn't feel I feel like it's earned it. I, I, think, I think this movie is pretty well paced. I um, think it could be shorter, but it yeah. also is not... Uh, it's not, it's not it, wasn't inter- it wasn't like Assassins where I was like counting the seconds. I, I also... I think that this, <laughs> this earns it, not just because I think it's good, but I mean, I think... It's like, if you compare it directly with Assassins, to which this was his immediate follow-up, yeah. uh, it's an infinitely more stylish and more interestingly written movie well, yeah. than Assassins. Yeah, Courtesy yeah. Brian Helgeland again. Yeah. Helgeland. Um... This came out the same year as L.A. Confidential. This was a big mm-hmm. year for Brian. Um, oh yeah, so he he ends up in a uh, in a hospital. Yeah, this is where we get to the chart switching the, part. Maybe she claims she didn't switch the charts. She, well, we find out at the end yeah. though. It's, it's it's very important and it's it's part of their relationship. But he's in the hospital and uh, she still doesn't believe any of his crazy stories about gravy and whatever. Because he because yeah. he's because when he comes to, he's still like pipe, pipe, you know full of drugs and and he's already pretty muttery and, and he's, deranged. He's anyways. already deranged all so the time. So he's going like and then they had me in a in a wheelchair and there was a gravy. There was lots of gravy and she's gotta like, help me. Oh, help me. Okay, and, but he's but he's in the but he's in the hospital and uh, and there's like another person next to him and uh, he knows that the people are going to come for him. So if you switch the charts, then the other guy gets killed. And the other guy does get killed. <laughs> so yeah, the other guy dies anyway. She does in fact murder that guy, but I guess another guy lives that she knows. And but again, like she says at that point she didn't switch the charts, and even if she did. Uh, we uh, it's like she's like, are you saying that that guy, you know, they they came in and murdered him, or did he just die of a heart attack? You know, right? Because they because they do it. They, the I like the, way. I like that they just leave all that shit pretty much unresolved, even though you kind of know where it's going. Well, she says it at the end, yeah. But maybe she's just trying to get laid. <laughs> I don't know. But he escapes from the hospital with her help. Yes. Um, she like because he like she helps him drop down the laundry chute. And then does he take her back to his place at that point? Is that when she he takes her to his apartment? I think so. And I would also like to point out that would be a perfect scene to get some of that classic Mel Gibson buns. He's in a he's in a uh, <laughs> hospital gown. You know, y'all yep. know how the butt flops out of that thing. Yep. And no, nothing doing. Nope. We're not doing buns in this. No movie. Douglases. No buns. No Douglases. No buns. No Douglases. Straight through. Mm. Um, and check again, in on those buns when Mel Gibson's in his late in his early forties. Come yeah. on. Uh, and he then done, he'd done buns just two years earlier in Braveheart. What was the fucking yeah, problem? Yeah, let's get those buns. Did your buns get so droopy in the in the two years since Braveheart, Mel? <laughs> let's see those racist middle aged buns. <laughs> let's get on them. Does do his buns have the giant scraggly old man cave beard? <laughs> he had too many swastikas tattooed on him at that oh, point. Jesus. <laughs> now I got far too many swastikas at this point. Nah, Nick. I, I can't do it. They were able to they cover. Can do. On Braveheart, they we were call them Chazwazes. 
Uh, on Braveheart and Lethal, they were able to like cover him up with makeup, but at that point, it was like, this is too many. Too many swastikas. Too many fucking. No, we don't have enough makeup. There's not enough makeup. For all the swastikas tattooed and on your digi- butt. And digital processing hadn't that's, been invented. That's the real reason you don't see Mo Gibson's butt. There's your fucking conspiracy point. theory right there. <laughs> that's true, though. Did you know that in, my, in the movie Conspiracy Theory, <laughs> my butt. <laughs> when you get Because there's too many swastikas we'll on know, it. We'll know that this is true when you wind up dead. In, under oh, mysterious no. circumstances, oh, Travis had a heart attack. And you know, you want to know who? Did? Uh, you know, you, I feel like you might have. <laughs> you want to know who gave him? You know who gave him the tattoos? His dad. <laughs> wow. His dad gave him the butt swastika. No, it was Bend the Illumi- It was the Illuminati, Kevin. <laughs> no. Yeah. Wait, is he on the side the of Illumi- the Illuminati? The Illuminati. The Illuminati uh, hired his dad to do it. Okay. Well, I mean, it's the same thing. Hmm. But his dad could have said sense. no, and his dad really wanted to. We're through the looking glass here, people. <laughs> Lyndon Johnson waiting in the wings. Swastikas on Mel Gibson's butt. Swastikas on Johnson Mel Gibson's butt. I'm going to do a coup d'etat. Now, I'm, some people think I'm crazy. <laughs> Southern character. Clay Bertrand, Clay Bertrand put them swastikas on Mel Gibson's butt. Uh-huh. I don't know how and I don't want know why. Roger and Moore, I don't really care. Roger Moore knows all about it, but he's not saying. <laughs> um, I, I got to be honest with you guys. I had seen this movie before, and I was moving and packing all week, and so I tangentially paid attention to it when I was watching it. Oh, so yeah. mm. if I don't have a lot of insight, it's because I was like, I know what happens in this movie. <laughs> so it's we a can't bunch trust of stuff. Your, we can't trust your letter, your final letter grade at the, at the end of this. Eight. Or your, your eight. Eight. Jeez. Eight. Jesus Christ. Is that a letter? I don't know. <laughs> Too much moving. Wow. <laughs> moving is really fucked up, Kevin said. <laughs> is it this? Is it at this point when she makes her first visit to his apartment that the bad guys show up and like shoot the rocket through yeah, the window? Yeah. yeah that's at least something. Up. It's really awesome because he's got the whole apartment rigged to burn itself out but not touch the other units in the building. Yeah. Yes. And he's also got a trap door that leads into his like escape hole. He's got yeah. a lot of space. And then when they're down there, she sees the big mural that he has of her riding like, a horse. Like the shrine to her riding her horse. Yeah. And she's talked to about how, like, yeah, she used to ride horses, but since her father died, she doesn't ride horses anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that and, becomes a whole thing. Yeah, and she, but she sees that and is justifiably freaked out. Yeah. And like for the next couple of scenes as they're on the run, <laughs> she keeps going like, "Okay, but Jerry, tell me about why you have a shrine to me in your in your escape cubby hole." And he's like, "Well, you know, just brain gravy, yeah." But it seems that he's been following her for a really, really, really long time. Because um, well, did we talk about how like he says he met her? Yes. When he he saved her from from the being, bad guys from being attacked that killed her father. Yes, right. from being attacked. And he st- and he sa- rescued her. And since then he's been following her. Right. But well, was it was it the murder or was it just a random like she was getting random, mugged? This is a random yeah. thing. And but he saved her from that. And that's what he says. Oh, that's how long I've been following you. Yeah. And you know that's when he came into her life. Except he's actually been following her for a lot longer. For a lot than longer that. than that. Yeah. Since her dad was murdered, since yeah. she was which like we find a teenager out or something. The reason why he's been following her because yeah. his involvement in her, in, in her in father's her murder. father's murder. So like, there's also a really good scene after this when they're uh, there. He's when Mel Gibson's out on the street, and if he goes into the bookstore to buy a copy of Catcher in the Rye, and we've yes. already seen in his apartment that he has multiple copies of Catcher, different versions of it, but mostly he has a lot of copies of that famous red rust red paperback that we all remember, um, and. He buys a copy of it. There's a really funny scene where he's he can't at stop the, buying them. He can't stop buying them. He doesn't triggered. like it. He's never read he's it. He's never read it. There's that really funny scene where he's checking out, and this this black guy is next to him. This this nice elderly gentleman is like, "Oh, Catcher in the Rise. You know, you're buying Catcher in the Rye. He's Like, yeah, I've never read it. You've never read Catcher in the Rise. Like, yeah, no. And he just like freaks out and runs away. And he's like, <laughs> he thinks maybe that guy is like spying on him. Yeah, and stuff. he gives him a backwards glance. And there's a but there's a really good shot. He's walking. He's walking down the uh, the street outside the bookstore. 
and there's this really cool shot. He's looking through a window, and the 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 black helicopter that you can't hear descends behind him in the reflection of the window he's looking into, and it racks focus, and you see the helicopter come down, and these guys fast roping out of the <laughs> helicopter. It's a really great shot. Donner doesn't usually do shit like that, but it really reminded me of like the desert showdown in Lethal. Oh yeah, where it just suddenly becomes like very very tight and stylish. And that's a really good sequence. There's like he gets chased by these dudes on motorcycles and all this stuff. Uh, across the street, there's a, he ducks into a theater playing Lady Hawk, another Richard Lady Donner, Hawk. another Richard Donner movie. <laughs> he did a, he did high fantasy. This guy, yep. yeah, one of the worst, twice. Which one of the worst scores? Oh God, yeah, <laughs> terrible score in that movie. It, it's like a. It, it that shouldn't that shouldn't be bad because it's like is it Marauder? It's just different. Uh, yeah, but it's just wrong for the movie. Oh yeah, it's, it's like this weird bizarre. Electronic score, yeah, yeah. that and movie's you're, you're just like, not very good. But it, but I think if it had like sort of an orchestral fantasy score, I wouldn't immediately be like this. But yeah, I mean, it would be like okay, this is one of these fantasy movies. Right. I don't know. It's just the score always turns me off. I'm like, oh, a sword fight, and then it's like, sword Casio, and I'm like, yeah. Just wanted to point out before we move off. That's why I say, oh, sword fight, oh, sword fight. When Mel Gibson's talking about his catcher in the rye affliction, he 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 starts crying. Yeah. Like this is this, is, really the kind of, this is the kind of character he is where he doesn't understand and, and Mel Gibson is really trying, he's really digging deep in this so, so he'll be yeah. like, I, every time I go to the store I have to buy what I can't not do it. Yeah. And he's this is right right before they start launching missiles into his apartment <laughs> and stuff like that. And there's a couple times where he just starts like breaking down and like he he'll run away. He's he's treated almost like a special needs kid, like a lot in this movie. Yeah. Like, Jerry, Jerry, shh, 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 Jerry, shh, no, Jerry, it's gonna be fine. He's like yeah. he's like kind of a blubbering it's a very different kind of role than Mel Gibson right. usually has, where he's the yeah, take charge. Oh, take and we also forgot to mention that there's this, uh, this FBI right. agent who, who uh, we don't know, we don't really know what he's up to, but he's he's clearly involved in figuring out what's going on with Jerry, uh, and it's Jerry. Agent Agent Lowry who keeps turning up at, at all the appropriate times, like he does, and he keeps doing this bit where like somebody will knock him out, but he's really not knocked out. And My favorite they, scene. They in have the movie. to do it a second time. Yeah, Mel Gibson like he's like behind him in a cab, and he's like, I just wanted to make sure that you're uh, you're not because I want if you know if you kill if you do anything to hurt her, yeah, yeah. I'll kill you. I'm not a violent man, but I'll kill you. And he's like, all right, but I think you're maybe a good guy, so whatever. And then he's like, all right. And then he hits him on the back of the head <laughs> with his yeah. gut with his uh, gun. Butt of his gun. Yeah. And then the guy is just like is out, and then he goes, Are you pretending? And he goes, Yes. Yeah. He hits him again. <laughs> It's pretty. It's actually very funny. Oh, he does. He pulls that later too, because Julia Roberts does it and runs away, and then he gets up. And he's like, "Oh, jeez, again." Yeah, it's really funny. And, he, and he's that like, guy turns up in, in sixteen blocks too. That guy's gonna have the football player's disease now. <laughs> yeah. the two concussions. He's got CMS now. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> shooting up a bunch of people in a parking lot. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> the 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 plot really starts to pick up here because this is getting towards the end of the movie. Yeah. And uh, it basically it turns out. That uh, it doesn't all of all of Jerry's conspiracy theories. It doesn't matter whether or not one or one or more of them is is, is correct that he's right about him. It turns out that Jerry's just a brainwashed assassin, and that he was programmed to kill uh, Julia Roberts' dad. Yeah, Patrick Stewart explains MK, the whole program. It's MK Ultra. MK Ultra. He yeah. explains Fan, the whole very M- famous M- and real program. He explains the whole MK Ultra thing to Julia Roberts earlier to try and scare her away from from Jerry because she's Jerry. like Jerry's dangerous. He's, he's like, like Jerry's Jerry's, dangerous, a, Jerry's you know. a hired assassin. He yeah. is, he's and he. He killed your father. I really like that he just lays it out for her as if, you know, this is like, look, I, look, I don't have any secrets. This is what it is. Um, but yeah, and, and uh, but he didn't do it. He didn't kill her dad. He, he like. He's vaguely aware of that. Yeah. He like he, works his, it out. His memory it. is all shot, but he yeah. finally remembers that he didn't kill her father and that his father was trying to help him 
break sort of break free but then they they killed him anyway like they they did send this guy Ezekiel Walters who was also a programmed assassin to kill him and he was the fall guy yeah uh and and that all sort of comes out and the whole and this whole thing where these guys are chasing Jerry uh Patrick Stewart's after him because he wants to make sure Jerry can't tell anybody what he knows about this murder right. and the program of, of being a, basically a parallax view guy. Seems like it's entirely needless for him to do any of this because he's already like basically it's, known as being a complete yeah, lunatic. It's, it's one of those things Nobody believes where the like, thing that if, he says. If the, it's like reminded me of the Pelican Brief where if the bad guys had just not done anything, <laughs> then probably none of this would have needed to happen. It's not going to go to court, guys. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's that's the movie. Well, that's a movie. Uh, and then, and then, um, but at a certain point, he gets Julia Roberts. Like Patrick Stewart recruits Julia Roberts because he's like rented out an office, and he's starting to. He looks legit yeah. to her, and he's like, "This is a man that's been." He's got these pictures and all this stuff, and he's like, "This is a man that's been stalking you ever since she killed your father." Yeah. So she like wears a wire mm -hmm. and then goes driving off, and she's afraid of him. She's got to track her under a pizza. She's yeah. got to track pizza her under tracker. a pizza. That's the Domino's pizza tracker. Yep. <laughs> he even like <laughs> they, say the only like good big, the only good thing on the internet. <laughs> all they did is like put the tracker underneath a slice of pizza and he like he's like oh I like a piece of this pizza here and it's just right there when he picks it yeah, up yeah. you see like, it even ah. <laughs> like geez you guys good didn't job, try guys. very hard good job guys so they're driving off to this uh to the place where her, her dad got killed her old, the old property yeah and that's where you, you you know they get this kind of confrontation where like all the helicopters are swirling around him and he's like and he sees the smokestacks from the bridge yes he sees the smokestacks from the bridge, and then he's like, she's like, did you kill my father? And he's like, uh, nah, bah, 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 bah. no, no, I didn't. And then, you know, just goes on and on. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they drag him away, and then they try to kill her, too. And at a certain point, he's in a helicopter being dragged away by yeah. the bad guys, and she's running, and he's like, you've never seen her run before. Yeah, it's They nice. do kill her it boss. Back. Yes, and they, they kill, kill Steve Cahan. Steve Cahan. <laughs> hey, what are you, shooting me? Yeah. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> God damn it. Right in the heart. Yeah. I really like Son the whole the whole ending on the on the farm property. I think that's really good. I like the part where like yeah, they're gonna shoot Alice, and the one guy gets in the way of the laser beam by accident and gets and takes the bolt instead. Important uh, to point out, her name is Alice. Yeah, is it? Um, it's Alice in Wonderland. A little bit rabbit hole. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. Uh, and then Fair enough. I, I, I always <laughs> really like sure the uh, I always really like the end after because Jerry's been been mortally wounded by the bad guys uh, after he kills Patrick Stewart. And uh, and like the 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 paramedic helicopter has taken Jerry away, and Alice is like d like really upset. I like that last scene between them. And as far as he knows, she knows he dies. Yes. Um. And I really like the music in that. It's like that's this is the very last few minutes of the movie are where like the music starts to come together and all the motifs turn into sort of one piece of music, and it's really really cool and effective. And I really like that end scene where she like goes to visit her horse. The end scene I loved. <laughs> I don't like this movie, but there's a part at the end. Uh, so he, so she thinks he's dead. Mm -hmm. They killed Patrick Stewart. She actually he shoots him a little, and then Julia Roberts like finishes him off. Yeah, mm -hmm. in the in the shit where all the in the place where all the bad shit went down, and then he's been shot, and he's like, and then they take him away and like tell her that he's dead. We don't see him dead, yeah. So we know what the deal is. But she's back. She's on her horse again, and she's like has a little bit of peace, knowing what really happened with her dad. And this and that, and she's riding her horse along, and then you see Mel Gibson like kind of pull up next to her, like in her in her car with all his handlers that are like. And he's oh, the two handlers are Agent Lowry, and it's the guy who sells him the newspapers at the beginning of the movie in the wheelchair. Flip. That's right. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. he was in on it the whole time. So too. all these people that he knows were actually keeping an eye on him, and it turns out that like Agent Lowry was only after Jerry to get to Doctor Jonas, Patrick Stewart's character. So the, everybody knew that this guy was up to no good, and they were, and everybody was using Jerry in one way or another. Aww. Jerry was a patsy. Jerry. 
Jerry. Industries. Jerry. 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 Fandle Industries. Jerry. Fandle Industries. Do you want to be my vice Jerry. president? But uh, uh, but anyways, like so, so he he has this like union, this yeah, like cat taxi drab union thing, taxi cab union pin, yeah. that's been coming up a lot, and she puts it on his grave, his like his grave, script grave, and then she like finds it on her horse when yeah. she's riding it's around. On her she's saddle. like, oh, he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. And then it go- cuts to Mel Gibson with his handlers in the car, and they're going like, well, you know, she's gonna be safe now, but, but, but you have to stay only, away from she her. She only will be safe if you stay away from her, and she thinks that you're that you're dead. And then they go like. For a little while. I mean, well, like, it'll be fine. At Statute some point. of limitations. And then on they that sing that song. And, and then it's very charming. It's the that song, song that's been running through the whole thing. Yep. And what's the song? You're just, just too good to be true. You're just too good to be yeah. true. Can't keep my eyes keep off of you. Off and then they all start. And he starts singing it. And then they start singing it with him. And then he's like, "We've got a future. We've got a future." And it's like classic Mel Gibson shit yeah, yeah. too. Or like, "Well, we're all gonna sing together." And I loved it. it I really like no, this ending. The end gets me every time. Actually, it's actually kind of moving. Yeah, I had the same reaction in. 16 blocks I'll talk about that where, where, where I like where at the end I was like meh and then at the end I was like yeah it got me a little <laughs> I hate it when movies do that I know right <laughs> we're like not, that not actually the, worked and yeah, I didn't yeah. like this movie fuck not off not in a big fish way where it's like where oh. it's like forcing tears out of you but yeah, it's like been a fish. bunch of bullshit I'm just really. saying that's 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 like the example of it being insidious you but just this basically is an waved of an where onion underneath yeah. my nose there's nothing natural that's about not, this at all yeah that's this is a different oh, kind of thing you love onions I do love onions I don't like just token like taking huge whiffs of them no, but you just took a huge bite of an onion just like a few minutes ago. Yeah, but I didn't, just like Mel I didn't inhale does. when I was doing it. I didn't inhale. <laughs> Clinton. <Yeah. laughs> Clinton. Classic, classic stuff. I do Clinton. That's good stuff. I didn't inhale. That I woman. did not inhale that sexual woman. I did not inhale that sexual woman, Miss Lewinsky. Hillary. What is? What is is? What is the is of is? Anyhow, <laughs> I agree with you that the ending is great. I've always loved it. That the, the ending is always the part where it's like this movie that I have always really enjoyed to one degree or another. The last f- 10, 15 minutes really just sort of snowball together, and I think it really clicks at the end. This mo- this movie feels like um, it didn't get fucked with too much from script to screen. Like it no. doesn't it doesn't feel like it went through a bunch of weird development changes. It almost feels like everybody who got a hold of this script was just like, you know, what? this is pretty fucking good. Let's just make this. Um, and that's, it's, I, it's so hard to point to other movies, especially from this time at this budget level with these stars getting through kind of relatively unscathed. Like it doesn't feel sanded down. There are all these weird rough edges and things that are, and everybody's sort of doing their own idiosyncratic sort of top of their game work. And it really does gel. Like, it seems like something that was made this way on purpose. Mm. And other stuff, like, it's hard enough to make a movie like this by accident, you know what I mean? Like, that shit just doesn't happen. It's like if you look at something like Alien 3, like, you can say what you will about what you how you think the quality of it is, like, up or down, but it's just weird that it even got put together that way, <laughs> considering all that had to happen for that shit to, to, to be where it ended up. Yeah, he got the okay, for, he got the okay right. on this? And then, on. and then the studio just destroyed it, you know? Like, they still didn't want it. It's like, we said you could make this movie, but we don't want to make this movie, yeah. you know? In this one, you have, like, the like this perfect storm of everybody wanting to do this exact one right thing, you know, and everybody's pretty powerful in this movie. Yeah, Dick Donner, Mel yeah, Gibson, ab- Julia absolutely. Roberts. Like, that's a lot of. Like, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's so cool that everybody used that clout to do this thing that it, under any other circumstances would never have come out this weird. 
It is weird. It's I so think it been and sad. That used their clout to make a movie I liked. Well, but uh, <laughs> but it is it is an unusual movie. I'll give it that. Yeah. yeah. And and not the sort of thing that you see all that all that it's, often. I mean, I feel like it's very anomalous, especially for the late '90s. For sure. Um, You'd never see a movie like this get made now for all kinds of reasons, like Mel Gibson notwithstanding. But like, you can't have a conspiracy. Theory you can't have the conspiracy theory be the be the hero. You know, yeah, you know, all this stuff. But but even still, like you know, setting aside just the the details of the plot, I don't think you'd see a movie this weird get made at all. Like not even for like a streamer. Yeah. You know, whereas something like Assassins is like, well, if they made this tomorrow on Netflix, that would not seem strange. No, you know It'd what be I mean. A little bit different, but have the same general. Concept. It would be exactly the same. Yeah, you know, just maybe with different actors. Yeah, and, but it would still be like this kind of crummy looking. You know, action. Yeah, exactly. Some action, some action shit. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, there is a Lauren Hill cover of that song yeah. at the very end. Uh, that's right. She's, so that's interesting. <laughs> it's not bad. It's like, just a, a lot of the like kind of like. Matt is saying this is you know idiosyncratic, but also a big budget property and stuff. So like yeah. at, at every turn, it's there's an interesting choice, but also kind of like a, an expensive one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, Lauren Hill. Wow, I don't think this movie's so weird, it, but it feels like from a time where you're like, wow, yeah, cool. They're not gonna make a studio movie like this ever again. Yeah, yeah. you know, but it, it, the, the movie itself is like just weird enough to be like for normals to go on a weekend and go pretty good. It got great reviews at the time yeah. too. Critics really loved it. That's I think I, for that yeah. exact reason, they were like, they kind of don't make movies like this. Well, also they kind, you know, it's like it's like just this side of odd. Mm-hmm. So it's like straight down the middle. Like this is what you're looking for. This Julia Roberts, Mel Gibson thing. They're both charming and funny and stuff in it. And then also it's a little, it's a little off. So that's cool. That's, I like that's the, how I, I like about. the bittersweet sort of romantic angle to it. I, I like that there are parts of it that feel like an like you know his girl Friday or something. There are parts of it that feel like an old caper film. The way that the the two of them especially like bounce off each other, I think, is really good. I like that there's not too much that the romance stuff isn't like leaned into. No, it. not too much. But just I, say like he's in love with her, but that it's not like there's not like it doesn't turn cr- creepy. Yeah, I think we should have seen him fuck. I mean, I would have liked to have seen him fuck. I mean, we all would have. We all wanted to see that. Just, like, just all I ask is a five to seven minute long, just fully nude, thrusting, thrusting, sweating, thrust heavy, sweat heavy sex, covered in oil. Well, yeah. Mel Gibson is just muttering his conspiracy <gasps> theories. <laughs> so he's fucking or going, oh, not the gravy, not, not the, the gravy, gravy. Oh, yeah. oh, the gravy. And then at one point he's like, who am I talking to? Uh, <laughs> who am I talking nobody to? Nobody else here. What's what's going on? What's happening? What's what? That guy's got more bread than a prison uh, meatloaf. <laughs> Hey, who am I talking to? Put her back in. Uh, <laughs> She's not done yet. There's just some like some more just random shit that at one point it's Jerry uh, Mel Gibson says Jerry Garcia is a secret agent. Jerry Garcia has a double O rating, just like James Bond. All right. <laughs> like a good example of the sort of like made like somebody made up a conspiracy theory because yeah. they didn't want to like talk about him. They didn't want to have him talking about like the protocols he, of the elders of Zion. I do like when he talks about what does he call the Vatican? What does he say? Uh, he he's like the festering scab festering that is the scab that is the Vatican. It's like I 100% can hear Mel Gibson saying that for real. You know what but I mean? Is like, he, he is Catholic, but he is anti-Vatican. Is well, that he's his from, deal? I think I believe that his he's comes from some specific spur of Catholicism. It's, it's a that's weird like Catholic cult. some weird sect cult thing. Yeah. yeah, that is that doesn't believe the Holocaust happened. Hates some, the British particularly. Yeah, some shit like that. But, and but that's 
that's in there because it's a it's a joke because he's saying that and then the punchline is he goes it's no offense no, ladies yeah there's no, no offense ma- ladies and there's not it's not there's, there's no mapping his, yeah, yeah, his no no not at all I just I just think it's funny that is something that he might say but, but you're definitely like your your ears are always pricked open for that like to go like <laughs> oh well, that thing I assure you that that line was not written in the script that that is something that Mel Gibson <laughs> improv <laughs> he got that one in yeah, yeah maybe I mean it is Ooh, none, that one made the cut, it cut right. to nuns in the back seat, yeah, yeah. so you know none of my Jew stuff got in there but that festering scab thing got in there so I'll I'll chalk that up as a win for Mel. Yeah. Hey, we, how, what, we, maybe Brian Helgeland is, uh, hates cat, the cat. That's very... Like, hates the I know he hates Mel Gibson now, so... <laughs> well, oh, we yeah, all well. do. Mel Gibson screwed him on payback. Yeah. But he uh, got his payback. They both came out eventually. <laughs> yeah, he pranked him. <laughs> Dropped a bucket of water he, on his head. He pranked him by he pranked him by screwing him out of his uh, movie. Ah, I pranked you. I'm taking this movie away from you. Yep. Cool. <laughs> Uh, here's a, a here's a line prank. that's appropriate for us. Uh, he's talking about the Oliver Stone George Bush connection. This is when he's in right. his hospital bed. The that's, Oliver Stone really George funny. Bush connection. He's their spokesman. The fact that he's still alive says it all. Like he's he he's like uh, Oliver Stone is a is a, like a useful idiot that says all the things that are right. actually yeah. true. But then they can point to him and go like he's nuts or he's got some whole. Theory he's saying about the loud that. part. He's saying the loud part. The uh, quiet parts loud so that they can go like this guy's just crazy. Yeah. We, of course we're not doing that. Yeah. Wink wink. Uh, did you know that Stone's got a new JFK doc coming out this year? Yeah, it's, oh, it's like a two and a half hour thing called they JFK Revisited. They played at Cannes. Yeah, I played at Cannes. I can't wait to see it. They played at Cannes. I think they did the screening of JFK and the doc. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't wait. I would. I, oh man, I'm dying to see that. There's an, another character. I can't remember who. None of the main characters just like says, "I guess nothing was what it seemed to be," huh? <laughs> I always like it when characters <laughs> just sort of make the subtext text. <laughs> uh, and then there's one part when he he, he actually pranks uh, the, the feds or some or CIA or whatever the fuck by tying a fruit stand to the back yeah, of the yeah. car, and, the, and they drive away and drag this fruit stand, and then uh, he and then he gets in the car with Julia Roberts and goes, "That was like a Roadrunner cartoon." <laughs> Uh-huh. It's very Mel Gibson-y. And, you're not, uh, not going to fall for the banana on the tailpipe? It's a pranks, there's pranks, there's cartoons, it's got it all. The fruit stand thing always reminds me of that running gag in the Avatar cartoon where the guy keeps getting, there's a character who keeps showing up and getting his uh, vegetable stand smashed by the heroes whenever they're <laughs> uh, fighting yeah. other My guys. My cabbages! Yeah, his cabbages. <laughs> Great show. <laughs> whenever I see a fruit stand get destroyed in a movie now, I think of that because <laughs> I, I, I want them. Yeah, I'm always like, oh, because no, I thought that was a really funny running joke. <laughs> I like that this also had a, a classic Dick Donner messing with the Warner Brothers logo at the beginning oh, yeah. it pulls back and it's a bus it's a banner on the side of a bus that's very yeah, that's very cool, cool. He gets, I like that. he gets to do that sometimes yeah it's fun I mean the best one is the lethal 2 one where the Warner Brothers theme is the, the Looney Tunes Ugh. right God almighty. The only, the only, uh, uh, Joe Dante does it in Gremlins too also, yeah yeah because he's got Bugs and Daffy like fucking around with the Warner Brothers uh, yep. shield that, I, guess, I guess they let Soderbergh do it now yeah Soderbergh like put the old use the old shield on all of his movies. Sometimes it gets. I mean, I feel like it's become a bit of it. Like F nine does the the '90s Universal logo. Who gives a shit? I know it's just why. I mean, the the beginning of the movie takes place in like 1989. Ninety, but the '90s Universal logo, which looks like the Universal, still the same pretty much. You just you just know it's different. (laughs) The best anybody ever did since we were talking about it, Alien Three. Oh yeah, fucking yeah. awesome! Where That's it's really 20th good. Century Fox, and it goes da 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 Yeah, it gets all scary. And it holds that note, and it and that note is a horror note. Yeah, it's really cool. And it goes into the movie, and you're like, whoa! The Speed Two one's good, where it turns into water. Well, yeah, Speed Two's the best. I do really, I do really like Speed Two. I will defend that movie. We might have to do a Patreon. Oh man, ratings! I love that. Okay, ratings. I'm gonna give us four Juds. I love it. Uh, I, I, God damn. Talking about it makes me want to watch it again right now. 
Uh, we have to do the podcast first. Yeah, oh, I, I really, I really love this movie, and I and I've always really dug it. Um, zero Douglases, unfortunately. Yeah. Zero. Um, Zilch. Squirt. Squirt. Dry hump. <laughs> Zot. Zot. What is this fucking Mad Magazine? And I'm gonna give it ten Dry. out of ten uh, chomped noses. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it one and a half. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a big discrepancy. I don't know if it's our biggest, but uh, it's definitely up there. Uh, I just find this movie very unpleasant. Uh, I know it's Mel Gibson is trying very hard in it, but it's I don't find it appealing. His performance. You don't find it charming. Very you find it irritating. Effortful and irritating. Uh, I don't. I'm not a Julia Roberts fan. This isn't her doing the. What thing about Steve Cahan? Well, Steve Cahan's great because he's always like, well, whatever, whatever. R.I.P. Steve Cahan. R.I.P. Steve Cahan. Killed in tribute to his master. <laughs> Buried alive with Richard Donner. <laughs> As is tradition. <laughs> Scratch marks on the inside of Richard Donner's sarcophagus. No, he went willingly. Yeah, I'll do it. I don't. I don't fucking care. <laughs> if it put me in the fucking ground, I don't give a shit. Um. Yeah, I. It's a, uh, I don't. I don't find this movie fun or entertaining. This is probably the third time I've watched it, and I'm never gonna watch it again. Jeez, it's just an assaultive, like unpleasant, and I don't like it. Um, takes one to know one. <laughs> I'm not assaultive. Not this time. <laughs> I could get that way. Yeah, that's right. Uh, zero Douglases yeah. and. Uh, ten out of ten Roadrunner cartoons. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna give it three. Like I said earlier, I wasn't. I've seen this movie like a couple, two or three times before. This is this for me is is not great, but not bad. It's like right down the middle, perfect kind of like I could put this on in the background and kind of and kind of look and go like, yeah, this is I'm paying attention. Something to this you movie could put kinda. on and watch. Kind of. That's how this. That's honestly how this movie has always felt to me since I saw it the first time in the theater. I think it's. I think it's good. I enjoy it. I don't find him irritating. I find like, oh, this is fun. They're, they're you know, whatever. I think Carter Burwell's score is somewhere between. It's kind of good, but and I mean, it certainly is like the math equation, like Matt's pointing out, is there, and that's cool. But then also like some of the music itself, I'm like, I, I don't like, music. I don't like this. I like that it comes together and that he's doing a thing, but I don't like the pieces of music themselves. Right. Like I'm like, I don't, I don't like this music, but you know, interesting. Uh, Carter Burwell's best work, in my opinion. Wow, that might be that true. Maybe I, maybe I just really... Oh, that and Fargo? That and Fargo. Then fuck no. Yeah, Fargo's, yeah, Fargo's <laughs> my favorite by far. That and Fargo. God damn it. But Far, but Fargo's, I'm getting, I'm Fargo's that's how great I think it I'm is. I'm feeling assaultive wow. over here. Wow. <laughs> I'm feeling assaultive, Jerry. <laughs> I'm getting assaultive, Jerry. 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 Metal <laughs> Industries. Yeah, so, three, so three Judds, uh, uh, Bupkis, Douglas's, Zilch. Zot. Zot. Dry hump Douglas. And uh, what did you do then? But noses and you did something else? What Roadrunner happens Runner cartoons. Runner cartoons. Movie? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to give it uh, uh. 10 out of 10, out of 10 uh, easily spotted pizza trackers. <laughs> Domino's <laughs> pizza tra- is, tracker was huge. It is shocking that he didn't see it because it's like a, a pretty, like a like a medium or wide shot and he pulls the pizza up and you can see it very clearly. And he's the, the guy who's going like, to be mindful of that sort of thing. Yeah, he's the guy who's, par- who's super paranoid. I guess the idea is that he's so trusting of Julia Roberts at that point that he wouldn't even look there. But it's it's directly under the piece of pizza he just took. You almost wanted to cut to like... Her going like, like pulling, <laughs> well, pulling her collar. To, to be fair, in his defense, he ordered the pizza. 
had it sent to her office and then says in the note, bring the pizza. So he yeah. probably is, is thinking it's it's fine, but yeah, he Julia Roberts known. would never I'm do just, that to me. You know. Exactly. That's, After all, I stalked her. That's what I'm saying. I mean, obviously he doesn't, but it is very, it is very it's big. It's very apparent. It's very it's big. So big. It's, I mean, it's, it's big so the audience can see it and goes like, there's a tracker You there. generally assume so. in this sort of thing that they, maybe they put it in the fibers of the box itself or something. Or like, like in right. the little, in the little white the table there's thing a, that's supposed to hold the box up. Yeah, you know? the little white thing. You know exactly. in those pizza boxes, there's a part where on the front where it folds over? Yes. Put it in there. Don't You don't need to put it under the pizza, except that you need the audience to see it. Right. So, you know. <laughs> it, we are making a movie here. <laughs> Speaking of making a movie here... They did one. He, Donner did one more and he then left. He did one more. Uh, that was it. His Actually, last he, was a, he was in a long retirement because this movie's 2006 and he yeah. passed away a few weeks ago. So yeah. like, I always love it when a director just gets a, is able to get out of the game yeah. and it's, just enjoy their, been, enjoy been, their uh, old age and money. He's also been raking it in producer-wise because he's got like producer credit on the X-Men movies and stuff. So. Oh, wow. Fucking yeah. A. I mean, he's got like he's got to be getting money from those lethal stuff. Oh, I mean, he's, oh, I'm, not, I'm yeah. just saying Donner's, yeah, Donner's, Donner's not a concern. His, his money's making money. His, his career was very lucrative. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, paid for, he paid for Chunks College, and presumably, <laughs> if he has kids, their college. Right. <laughs> He's but just paying for other kids' college too. That's pretty rich. He is- paid for the college of all the famously fat kid <laughs> a- actors in, in movies. <laughs> no, uh, uh, the the kid who pukes a bunch sliders. in uh, sliders, Slider, Jerry yeah. O'Connell, and That's the kid bad. who pukes in that short from uh, Stand by Me. <laughs> Others. He paid for the kid that, that Pennywise says, "Kiss me, fat boy," in the the <laughs> TV yep. movie of It. Yep. <laughs> Isn't there a movie where a character's the kid's name is just fat ass? He paid it's for college for squad. he paid for college <laughs> for Dom DeLuise too. He fat. paid for Dom DeLuise's college. Just Dom DeLuise like, I don't need to go to college. Well, Dom DeLuise had to go to Pie in the Crotch College, and that's uh, surprisingly expensive. Pie in the Crotch, you? Yeah. Mel Brooks wouldn't pay for it. What's the matter, you? <laughs> Mel Brooks like, go get your Pie no, in the he Crotch. No, he asked Burt Reynolds, and Burt Reynolds slapped him in the face and called him dummy. <laughs> and he laughed it up. <laughs> yeah, he laughed it up, because he it loves it. But it hurt, his, it hurt him physically, and it hurt his feelings, the, like it always but did. He, but the abuse, he's, he's addicted to the abuse. Yeah, he can't get enough now. <laughs> Demented. Uh, well. Wow. Speaking of abuse, speaking of abuse, speaking of abuse uh, no, this last movie, uh, 16 Blocks. My favorite of the three. I, st- I liked this a lot. I'd seen it once before and, and didn't really remember much about it, but I, I found this to be very sturdy, and, and I liked I liked the general all cops are bastards uh, through line that Amazing. it has. And they, put, and they made Bruce Willis be in this movie. Yeah. He's they, certainly they, not a person that shares he, that sentiment. He's sentiment. awake in this one. They're going to come and talk to you about this, and they're going to... They're going to tell you what happened. But what they tell you is not really what happened here. I was trying to do a good thing. I was trying to do a good thing. Hey, get this guy from lockup and run him over to Center Street. Did you get some regular mutt that takes care of this? It's a nothing thing. 118 minutes to get a witness, 16 blocks. Why are we rushing like this? This is not a good sign. You put the Hawaii 5 o light on and use your police power. Make a hole, make a hole. <laughs> be all right. Do you believe in that? I believe life's too long and guys like you make it even longer. Hey, listen, man, I got an important appointment. Nah, man, it ain't Miller time, man. This is one well, of, out of the last 20 years, I would argue that this is one of maybe five performances in which he is actually invested. Well, yeah, it's, it is also a perfect yeah. role for a checked for a it's later essentially later washed out up John McClane. He's he's, we- he's like yes. weary in this movie, but it's productive as opposed to being bored. Right, when you see him in movies where you're like, he just doesn't. Bill, or uh, Bruce Willis just isn't 
he's, he's just checked just out in this paycheck, movie. In yeah. this one, it's like he's like, well, the character's supposed to be like that, so it works. But he, like, what else? What else for the last fifteen years? Moonrise Kingdom and Looper. Moonrise Kingdom and Looper. Yeah, which came out Any, within anything like else? a month of each other. I <laughs> I would argue that even though it's not a good movie and especially not a good Die Hard sequel, he's not terrible in Part Four in the actual Die Hard Four. Yeah, I mean, and Die sure. Hard Five came along, and that Die Hard just Four looks so much better. Garbage. Yeah, exactly. Die like, Hard Four was like, thanks. Die I will Hard not, Five. I, I don't wow. really need. I don't feel like Die Hard, Live Free, or Die Hard needs any kind of defense because who gives a shit? But it's yeah. like compared to Five or any other shitty Bruce Willis action movie he's done in the last I, twenty years, it's watchable. It's fine. I can't even think of any. You know what's so depressing is that uh, when you watch some of these, is like, like you could you could almost just judging on his career. The last twenty years, you could be like, "Yeah, was Bruce Willis ever good?" And then, like, uh, Death Becomes Her or something comes right. on cable, and I watch the whole thing, and I'm like, "Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis rules is in this movie. Hilarious. Yeah. He's yeah. amazing and shit." And you're just like, "No, no, he was there was there was time Mel Gibson was like, or uh, Bruce Willis was fucking great." Or even in like dumb shit like Planet Terror, it's like, "Oh, yeah. he seems to be having a good he, time." He's like a cameo essentially, but he shows up and is like having fun. Put yeah, two in his head, two in his heart, one in his computer. His computer, uh, goop, <laughs> goop everywhere. Sorry, pal. pal. Yeah, Bruce but, Willis. Bruce Willis uh, fine in this, but he's good but in this. It's also, this is also like perfect for him at this particular point in his career, and at any point after you know he decided to be checked out because the cop is checked out, and he's such an alcoholic he makes his character in Last Boy Scout look like fucking Dudley Do Right. Yeah, seriously, like, like Joe yeah, Hallenbeck got is, nothing on this dude. <laughs> this dude is drinking himself to to death. death on purpose. Yeah, he is. They 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 put the fucking palo, sallow white makeup on him. Oh yeah, he, he looks like, like shit like the whole time. Oh, I mean, this I mean, movie so takes place in a, in a compressed period of time. That's his like, character, though. Yeah, yeah. His character, exactly. his character is. But can you imagine? His character is supposed to be like the whole point of the of his character is that he's this guy who's given up. Everybody around him knows like uh, who gives a shit about this guy, and he flips and goes like actually I give it I'm going to do the right I thing actually, this one I time I actually give a shit he it's showed, kind of I think, a, I think it's the shot that he's entered it might be the shot that he's introduced at he's like walking up to this like to the de- crime like, scene cr- uh, he's walking he's up walking to this, up the steps of the cup of coffee right 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 and he's just he's like slow he's limping he's pale he's trying he's to support this, himself on the wall walking up the steps yeah, you know he's he like he looks like he looks like hell I like, and this is also very damning and this is a th- thing that turned out turns out to be true that I used to I remember think you thinking a few years ago kind of going like nobody can be this drunk at their job <laughs> well yeah, I like it turns how out it's not that unrealistic. that first yeah. shot where you see him he goes in to the crime scene and the one of the one of the detectives there is like Look, uh, we just need somebody to babysit this while we run some stuff uptown. Just uh, sit here, make just sure sit here, don't anything. touch anything. And the first thing he does, go into the kitchen, dump his whole cup of coffee into the sink, and then fill it with booze that he finds in a cabinet. And then he just goes and sits on the couch. He like turns the air conditioner on. And he's just like, fuck. It's very sad. They it's specifically so sad. tell him not to just touch like, anything. He's just like, he's, he's a just detective. Like super sad sack. Yeah, but he's probably like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Oh yeah, they're he, not gonna check the fucking booze. Hoping what, to die. It's not like, like it's not like Somerset in Seven, like. Just look at all the passion on that wall, and like the other detectives are like, ah, yeah, Jesus. fuck off. No, it's just like get him to sit here and please don't fucking do everybody. Anything. It's just like fa- fascinating, and 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 turns out to be true that this person is blitzed. Yeah, on the job, drinking on the job, hammered like pr- practically blackout drunk, and they're like, ah, well, just they, they, they just and know. throughout the movie, in he fact, has to keep it, drinking any, just to maintain. Any other job in the fucking world, you don't get to be drunk. They will yeah. fire you. But I mean, in fact, <laughs> or at least say go yeah. home. But the other cops, uh, except, in this, uh, except airline pilot, except <laughs> airline pilot. Apparently, I um, keep telling me you fly boys crack me up. This, uh, but like, it's like the whole thing of him being like a drunk loser 
is the other cops like that too because yeah, they're like it's they're better, like, better that than better that than some, better that than some guy who gives a shit yes right. exactly you know like we don't we don't have to worry about this fucking guy who gives a shit like he's gonna see he'll sit here and babysit this crime scene we'll go somewhere else we'll come back he'll be asleep we'll wake him up he'll go drink somewhere else who gives a yeah. shit who fucking it's, it's also like such a loser his condition also <laughs> it makes it make more sense that he does that does this fairly out of character thing and take a huge stand on behalf of Mo's deaf yeah. where it's just sort of like Bay. Yasin Bay. He changed his name. He was most deaf. He was most deaf when they made this. Yeah. And uh, and it's and it's like he go, really goes out of his way to protect this guy. And uh, and it's like this is a guy who would be he was at the point where he's pro- trying to kill himself with booze. Yeah. So I can absolutely see him going like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm yeah. just gonna right. do the right thing. It's this is gonna kill me. I'm going to do it because fuck it, it's something." Yeah. And I'm drunk. It's going to preserve the last shred of his dignity. Yeah, just like one thing before I die, yeah. which I hope to do soon. Uh, well, so what do you get? What I'm, happens which is I'm hastening. He's <laughs> he's back at the precinct, and and his lieutenant comes and says, like, we need you to go get this witness out of the lockup and take him to the courthouse by 10 a.m. Yep. Uh, go do that. And he's like, I just signed out, man. I don't want to work. I'm so drunk. I'm so fucking wasted. And the guy is like, look, you know, I'm giving you a fucking order. And then my favorite part is <laughs> as he's like, fine, I'll go do it. The lieutenant goes like, "I'll let you come in late tomorrow," and it's like, "Fine, whatever." Wow. How about he? How about he dries out for a several years? Yeah. How about you fire him for being drunk? On totally the incompetent. My God. Well, he's got to collect that pension. Absolutely, but it's it's real. That's and so he goes is. he goes to the lockup and gets this this guy, and it's, it's formerly most deaf Yasin Bay. And uh, okay, let's just get this out of the way. Who was irritated by whatever it is that he's doing with his oh, voice? Yeah. I'm both irritated and entertained by it at the same time. I thought it was perfectly fine. I liked the character enough, and it worked for and me. And he does he does I, it to varying degrees too. I, yeah. I would like the character more if it, he wasn't doing the thing, because mm-hmm. I, I think the character is actually and kind of a fun, charming character. And then when there's he like wants to move qu- to Seattle and open a bakery. When there's quiet scenes where he's like, you know, sharing his stuff, which is actually quite a quite a bit of this movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, ah, if he wasn't doing that dumb voice that, that everybody let him do, uh, I would like this scene so much more. That's, he, he, but, there are times when he is doing this voice that really reminds me of Damon Wayans' uh, hobo mm-hmm. character from In Living yeah. Color, <laughs> where he's like, to pee or not to pee, that is the question. I think I just found the answer. Speaking of a speaking of a guy who sounds just like that guy. Speaking of a guy who does a thing that like almost ruins a movie for me, which is I mean a movie that I Damon Wayans and Bamboozle. Yeah, which is a movie I'm (laughs) not. That is, I love that movie, but man, I'm not crazy about that movie. I don't get I. I think it, I, I think Spike it misfires, Lee. but I mean I'm into its ambition. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's one of the most thought-provoking bad movies I've ever seen. Yeah, and I think it's not. Yeah, and as it's like, it's like not funny in ways that things funny, but but it certainly isn't like his whole thing. Define satire, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> not bamboozled. Um, <laughs> when, when he's uh, kind of t- technically true. When uh, when uh, his whatever Damon Wayans is doing in that movie. Is like not, is way, is worse than than, than this. this one. I, I it, it is at varying. He is doing some. Sometimes he's doing it at two. Sometimes he's doing yeah. it at a ten. There's no modulation of it. And is, so when it's at a ten, it's like holy shit. Is he supposed to be like mentally challenged in some way? That's the thing. I don't think we, so. Yeah. But, what, what he, but, but when he's, he's doing he, it at a ten, you're like, what? I thought maybe he yeah. was implied that he was that he was like you know there's, disabled. No. There's some scenes where you can like where he's like talking to somebody like he's talking to the child on the bus or whatever, and yeah. you're like, oh, I can understand. What he's, and then other scenes where you can't understand. I can barely understand a word he's saying. Oh yeah, and I'm like, I didn't have any and I'm like, with that. Mm, what's going on here? 
I also didn't have subtitles because I wasn't watching the DVD or whatever. So oh, that yeah. would have helped. Oh, yeah, the, the subtitles definitely helped. That would have helped. He's just a character. He's like a New York character kind of guy. I don't know. And, uh, and it's ultimately and I, and fine. I, liked, I, just I like don't it. Like the seventy percent of the time, there just seemed like certain days, and maybe they were in the. Maybe they shot this out of order, and and it started like this, and and and, and Dick Donner just gradually was like, "Can we ease that down? Ease it down throughout?" And then by the end, it, but it's but now it feels just uneven watching it. Feels like an unnecessary choice to there me. There are that, definite like, the scenes where he's going like, like, thing. <laughs> but like whatever. God. But whatever. Anyway, it, it's a noble choice. It's kind of it's cool that he's doing a thing. But it, there are parts when it takes you out of it a little bit. I didn't. I didn't. I rolled with it. It didn't bother me. And at it all. is. And it is also fun to have this a guy who talks like this contrasted with Bruce Willis, who can barely muster <laughs> any energy at all. He is like <laughs> well, about it, to slip think, into a I coma. I think originally, like uh, the character was supposed to have a normal voice, but Bruce Willis breathed in his general direction, and the fumes just <laughs> charred his larynx. So <laughs> then he had to talk like this. Didn't have any choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> But it's also important. I mean, it doesn't. It's not really important to the plot, but it becomes sort of important to the characters later. That 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 he's he's saying like, I'm supposed to go to the courtroom, and I they promised me a gray three piece suit. That where's my suit? I can't leave without my suit, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Beca- yeah. It comes up again later. He's gonna testify. We don't know exactly about what, yeah. and, but we find out pretty quick. Well, uh, they get out of the they get out of the lockup, and immediately these dudes in a in a black van start trying to shoot him. Well, on the, in the street, he's like he's like, "Don't stop! That's a don't, great don't scene. stop and go anywhere." And Bristol's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna stop and get some booze." Yeah, and then, yeah. And then these Jeez. guys and these guys show up while he's getting the booze, and that's where he kind of like is like shit, and he actually like shoots at these. Well, guys. there's there's that great shot where both, uh, he's yeah. in the back seat, and the guy's got a gun pointed right at him through the window, and then the bullet how, the bullet actually goes through the window. And then you realize that Bruce Willis is behind and shot the killer. It's yeah, it's, it's a really it's cool really bit. well directed in a sense of a person who is drunk and like three seconds behind everything. Yeah, being in the midst of yeah, a, like extremely fast paced situation. All the sound drops out and he's and like he's the camera going, spins huh? around him and he's like he's like you know kind of dipping in and out and then he sees the other guy down the way shooting at him. And it's stuff. a it's really cool. It's a highlight. Really cool. One but, of the, but before we get to that, I really because this is because you got to get the progression of their relationship. So they first meet up. And and he and uh, Mos Def is being very talky, and this comes up a lot. That I got a question for you: It's the three people that you meet at a bus stop. Oh yeah, there's a sick old lady. It's the best friend that saved your life one time, and then it's a girl of your dreams, and you only have space in your car for one person. Who are you gonna take? It's a hypothetical question. You know that's how mm-hmm. I figure right. out. Blah blah blah. And Bruce and Willis is just like once he just shuts the oh, per- the partition between myself. them, and he's <laughs> like, I guess that's my answer. And then at one point he just he's just sort of like, what do you what do you think about stuff or whatever? And then he and Bruce Willis says, I think life. It's too long, and guys like you make it even longer. <laughs> and then, and then most Def goes too long. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> And then and then he goes in to get some booze. Yeah. And most Def is like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. it ain't Miller time. Yeah. <laughs> this he, is fun. Throughout the first like forty minutes of the movie, too, he keeps going like, what you need to do is stop drinking. You've been drinking all day. <laughs> like when they get to the bar after they like get out of this jam with the two assassins, and then they take refuge in in. This is one of my favorite touches in the movie too. They take refuge in Bruce Willis's bar, like the place where he clearly hangs one out of the a lot. Ninety places. That sure, he but loses. he he knows the owner. Like he says, Dominic, get you and your people out of here. You two, like everybody out. And then he gets on the phone to call to call it in, and he goes, "What's the address here?" I love that, and it because not because it proves that Bruce Willis's character is totally drunk, but like I work in a bar and I don't know the address of the yeah, bar that I, I work in. I don't know, I know exactly. I'm just saying I know exactly where it is. 
But I think it's a nice touch that he is yeah. like asking the question, and even the owner is like, "Uh, oh right, it's one three three Mulberry." <laughs> well, I don't know the address where we are now, but I know how to get here. Uh, Neither exactly. Do I. No, exactly. That's just what I'm saying. Which I'm not like saying things, I'm not saying just... it's weird that they don't know. I'm yeah. saying it's a nice touch that they don't know. But it is yeah. funny because that is like something that one of those bullshit like cinema sins or one of those right like, one would of those point out one of those stupid uh, YouTube things. It's like this is look at this look at what they how they fucked this up would point out and go like who he doesn't know the address of the bar he drinks at all the time and you're like what the fuck. Sometimes, right. sometimes people don't. I, sometimes I forget my own address. I know. At, Con- at Connor Byrne, uh, oh, if I have Connor to Byrne. if I have to call somebody a cab, they'll ask you for the address, and they actually we actually put the street number on the inside of the bar so you can see it from where you're standing. And they're like, a- oh right, it's this on Ballard Avenue. Yeah, Every yeah, yeah. bar should do I know. that. I think it's That's so a funny. smart idea. I know. I what's, love it. What's the address here? Uh, Fuck, I don't remember. Uh, why should why should I know what the fucking right address is? I mean, there have been times in my life when I've forgotten the address. I mean, when we lived together, you could never remember where what our address was. <laughs> apartment ten forty or something. Yep. It was the top fucking twenty four thirty two Northwest fifty seventh Street, apartment ten. There are times Damn. I don't know the difference between my asshole and a hole in the ground. But yeah. Nobody nobody That's could true. tell that. that. Who could who could? Actually, you showed him two pictures. What's funny is that I actually I have a whole scientific study going on where I take pictures of holes in grounds, and I've had a picture of your asshole already, and it's like <laughs> of course cause, cause you have lots of pictures. This is going to be the next cap you have to solve <laughs> yeah. so that you can asshole. log in. It's only select be, the one who select Travis's asshole. asshole. It's really hard <laughs> and and it's really hard to end uh in all this, in all the tests, the studies I've done, no robot can actually guess. I am not a robot. No robot can guess. I cannot tell which Travis's, Travis's asshole is. Travis's asshole and holes in the ground. It's a very fine line between. All right, that's the requisite amount of my asshole talk. <laughs> well, five we got, Douglases. We <laughs> Uh, but this is this is where the, the like the first half I think I think it slows down a little in the second half but the first half I it think slows is down really and, it slows down as soon as they get on the bus and it slows down yes I, that happens a bit later though I don't no, know that, if I look, look I'm great. It, it, no, it's in the second that's half that's what I'm saying but that's the that's the part for me where it went like once they got on the bus I was like uh and then they got off the bus thankfully but like up to that point it was this really cool because the whole point is it's 16 blocks he's yeah, like yeah. it's not it's far a great premise where he's taking him and he but it's like the, one of those great uh, premises where he's got to go through. This whole like uh, where, where, what neighborhood is it in New York? Uh, Manhattan. Somebody. Well, they no, go into Chinatown at one point. That's what I mean. But it's like this whole this whole neighborhood colorful. So you're getting the whole street view of this neighborhood and while they, these guys are like and they working totally their way shot through. it on location and it doesn't look like they locked off the streets. Like I don't think that those are actual extras. I think that they're shooting in crowds. Yeah, I, absolutely. It, it looks it, and that's that's stuff I like. That's why when they got on the bus for a bit and it becomes more set bound. Yeah. It was sort of like. Eh, the, the energy level it's like a went bottle, down. It's totally, like a bottle episode totally in the middle of the movie. Wanes. I would have loved. I think. I, I think I would probably be given this like for five five Juds if it was just a movie that was like damn like. Five. I mean, if it was because I always want to. I always want to see that yeah, kind of movie where it's like About shit. Five. Here's this situation, and we've got to like get to this very this part place that's not very far away. Yeah, yeah. We're going through this neighborhood, and you're learning. Yeah, you see, you're learning about the whole the culture, all the different you know everybody that's there, and it's like. All kinds of different. I don't know. It's just very cool. I love that kind of thing. Yeah, like fighting your way through a city. quality to it, where yeah. they're meeting all these different kinds of people. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of Inside Man. Inside Man is mainly what I'm referring to. A great to. fucking movie if yeah. you haven't seen Inside yeah. Man. Outstanding. Yeah, uh, I love. least somehow, totally. even though it's like his his biggest money maker, it's I still totally think it's underrated. one that people would go like hey, Inside Man. It's okay. Yeah, that's a movie. For, I really like I really like the part where they uh they're they're trying you know they're they've got they've got the one cop's phone. And they don't know that they're track that the bad guys are tracking them on the GPS. Right. 
But eventually they figure out, and then they duck into this restaurant, and they go through the back of the restaurant down like a, a flight of steps, and there's a sweatshop underneath the restaurant yeah. that they have. It's it, like all the all the women are working in the sweatshop, and they're freaking out because here are two white dudes running through here, or here's you know here's obviously a <laughs> not cop. two white dudes. not two white dudes. Sorry, <laughs> here's here's Bruce Willis, who's obviously a cop running through here with yeah. a gun. Everybody gets scared. You know, it's really cool. It's all these hidden passages and enclaves. Yeah, and all just up the, on rooftops and stairs and yeah. ladders and everything. It's neat. You know that there's they're in the basement and they're trying to get up out of the building, but the elevator doesn't work and stuff like that. It's yeah. really cool. Bef- before we get to the chase stuff, yeah, though, we got a we great scene at the bar. Yeah, and this is where all the other cops show up. And Matt's arch enemy, David. My arch enemy, David, who's great in and this. And I have to tell you, good in this. I'm sorry to say, this is he is fucking awesome. No, he's awesome. This is like this is like Morse's show. I've talked, I, I've talked about this a lot. I love David Morse. David Morse is a great actor. I hate his guts. <laughs> it's, it doesn't preclude him from being a genius at his craft. Yeah, and he is generally he is most most uh, talented at playing one of, huge one assholes. Of, one he of is, the best characters in the one of the best shows yeah. is the super nice man he plays on Treme. He's he's that's what's so great about him is that he's like he's equally good. He's one of those actors who's so good at being like the shitty bastard cop in this. He and he's as good at being the uh, in Treme the one good apple. Yeah, essentially Treme the one good cop. Treme is like. People always give shit, uh, David Simon shit. They're always like, oh, you know, you're, you're not ACAB. You made a show pro cop or whatever. And you're like, you guys didn't watch Treme, did you? I mean, because he- that show, that show is like, all he's he is the he is like the one good cop. He's like the good apple. And David Michael Simon, Keaton. For, uh, <laughs> for, for for the record, David Simon is actually quite pro cop, but he is like. But that doesn't mean that he supports like things yeah, that, yeah. that we, we all think that the police do are terrible. Yeah, he, he's he'll, just like he'll be like he'll be like someone will be like you're pro cop and he'll be like here's a here's a 90, uh, 90 tweet thread about, explaining why policing doesn't work now and exactly. how yes policing is bad now but that like it here's the reason you like read it and go like yeah, yeah. so you know so he's so, like the reason cops suck is because nobody's doing re- real police work it's anymore. It's almost like it's almost like this guy is who is like who a, has spent like thirty a, years embedded like with police officers and, knows and a journalist knows what he's talking about anyway. Yeah. But he's as good david morse is as good as like the the night one nice cop as he is as like yeah, the worst he's, cop he's ever contacts dad this is this is <laughs> his contacts dad this is him just do just like in his fucking wheelhouse oh man and, and he's got the shitty beard he's got this like f- this like kind of half-ass goatee yeah. he's always chewing gum yeah. he walks in and it's one of those things where before he even says anything you're like bad oh, guy oh fuck yeah Uh-oh. oh fuck and he and he has this interaction with mosef this is like the first half of the movie i'm telling you i'm just going like this is Rules, yeah, and he go and like and so there's been this gunfight. Bruce Willis like killed a couple guys. Very intense situation. Then these asshole he cops goes, come he swaggering goes straight in. to a fucking he, bar. He goes up. He goes up to <laughs> Mo's Def, who's like freaked out, obviously, and he's like chewing his gum. He's like, "You okay? Huh? You having, you having fun? fun?" And Mo's Def goes, "Uh, no." He's like, he oh, goes, you gotta have fun. Yeah, gotta have fun. I love that. Anyways, uh, Bruce Willis, what do you got? What do you say? What do you do? <laughs> I love that. It's, it's such just, a nice bit. He's so at it's, peace with his own sleaze and his in his own corruption. He's just like, is this guy? And they're just like gonna they're gonna cap him off in well, this like bar. Five of them, right? And it's him and uh, the cop, one of Dexter's buddies. One of Dexter's buddies, and it's Agent Lowry from Conspiracy Theory is another right. one of the bad cops. Angel. There's a there's yeah, like Angel a from lot. There's a, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, there's, there's a, like six or seven of them. Yeah. And they and they, and it's just amazing Angel, how that's ca- Angel from Dexter. Angel from Dexter. And it's amazing how casual they they're just sort of like, well, we're gonna go ahead and uh, they're, they're they're like they grab Mos Def's uh, uh, what's well, 
Most formerly most most Yasin, Yasin Bay. Yasin, Yasin Bay. They grab his arm and then they just and he's going like, "What? What's going on?" And they're just, "Hold on a sec. Let me just put this gun into your hand." Yeah, here. he's like, "Grab the gun." Okay, we got those prints. And Bruce Willis is. You well, know, they make him shoot a hole in the wall. Bruce Willis is drinking and he's also and he's just, just been sort rattled of seeing by this, this thing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's freaked he's out. Woke because he was briefly woken up when he had to kill some dudes. And they, so, and these guys come in and, and they're just like, and Bruce. Will, we find out later on Bruce Willis has been involved in all their bullshit before, mm-hmm. and so they're just going like, "You're not gonna have a problem with this, right?" So well, we're just gonna do. This. Well, because we know that we're he's all the on guy, the same side. We know that even if he, we, even if we didn't find out later that he is involved in their shit, we know from seeing him earlier that he certainly doesn't give a shit right. what yes. these guys do. That and that's like, and that's exactly what they're counting. On. That's the whole point. So once we find out he's involved, it's almost like it's we a fucking don't, joke. We, we just go in. It's Bruce to. Willis. I, we're just I gonna like, do our thing. He's this like guy we can uh, walk all over that we can push around that we can just <clears> tell <throat> to do stuff and we can do all this crime in front of and he's not gonna fucking say a thing. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't. Hundred percent chance that's happening. I like the, the way David, David Morris just lays it out for him too. He's like, look, this guy is gonna testify against. A bunch of good cops mm-hmm. yeah. and six, six good men. He talks in the same way that they talk to, like yeah, the, the, yeah. the corrupt cops. And do. then he goes, he goes, so you know, here's what I think we're gonna do. He, you know, you shot those guys out here, or he shot those guys out here, and then like you took, he got your gun, and then we had to kill him. And then he goes, and that's gonna get you back to where you are. Where yeah. you belong. Everybody wins on this Everybody one. All wins. we gotta do is kill this innocent man. We're great, great and men. I, and I like the way this he, is what he's the like, job All right, here, let's go. And he plugs his ears. Yeah, you want to? You definitely want to plug your ears there, buddy. Uh, but and then Bruce Willis, and you can, he's not saying anything, but he's just sort of looking around, and this is just—he's obviously having a some sort of like he's having a, reckoning, a personal reckoning. Personal reckoning. He's crazy, having a crisis of conscience. Yeah. yeah. And he <laughs> shoots, and, and they're about to blow Mosdef's uh, brains out. And he shoots him through with the bar shotgun underneath. Yeah. Mm. And like, and then he starts pointing the shotgun at David Morris, and David Morris is like, "You know, this changes." Yeah, it. yeah, it's <laughs> <a good> line. <laughs> it's really great, man. The first half really moves, and it's yeah. just sort of like, "This is we're, we got a great thing." And then, it, and then it slows down. It does slow. It does slow down. Uh, but it, I think in ways I think that it's in, mitigated by the like. I think their relationship, while not a wholly original thing, is like very well handled. It's. It's fun. Yeah. It just, I just think they could have. I feel like they could have done the relationship stuff, and the movie could have been kept being propulsive. Yeah. Just don't do the it bus. Stops, take, I feel like the, the bus, bus thing, thing is just too long. It yeah, takes yeah. up too much time. That, well, if you'd done that in half the time, it might have been better. And you, I you, think it would. You almost yeah. feel like you're, you're the screenplay, or they're making the movie, and you're like, we have to, we have to stop the movie because we need to get some. Because a lot of the bus stuff is expository. Mm-hmm, yeah. It, whether it's whether they're saying anything or not, but it's like where Bruce Willis kind of fully comes around. To being like, oh, this I need to, I do need yeah. to help this guy. This guy is actually a good dude, and, and but it's also and, that thing where you could do that without slowing the movie down, without stopping the movie on a set for. And most Def minutes. has a moment in, the, in during that bus scene too, where he comes back and helps Bruce Willis. Oh, that part is so awesome! Yeah. It's very touching. Uh, but it, but like yeah, do that in half the time. Do that in half the time, and that scene is is an asset and not a liability. Just when the movie's when the movie's moving, yeah, it's yeah. so good. You could still have them have their same relationship. But faster. That was that's my that's my main problem with it is that it it is very cool and then and then like this this should be a, like uh, an eighty five minute ninety minute thing instead uh, of like an hour forty five. And a movie yeah, called not, a movie yeah. with no it's not yes. like super over long. No, 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 this, this isn't any like assassins. No no no, no no no. It's like but, an hour forty or something like that. But a movie like called Sixteen Blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has this premise. You gotta do Keep that in ninety minutes. Yeah. It's gotta be ninety yeah. minutes. That's the kind of movie it is. It's a John Carpenter movie. Yeah. Oof, I mean, yeah. come on! It, it also did remind me of Escape from New York a little bit. Too. Yeah, but also like Cabby, you slime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also like Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. These you know people people trapped in a situation that they're like, well, fuck. Yeah. 
<laughs> so the bag, so the Richard Donner kind of bagginess doesn't do it in any favors. But but yeah, like, like there's, like there's a lot of saying, charming uh, stuff in it. Oh like, sure. I, as much as I don't like what they have, Yasin they have a, Bay is doing with his voice, I do like his character a lot, which is the part, which is why it's hard because I'm like I I want to like this guy more, but he sounds like he does, and it's a and it's not. It's the it's the actor made a choice to do that, you yeah. know? And I'm like, I like this character, and if he didn't sound like that, and all they had to do was tell him no. Yeah, it's also the did. director going like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and that. that's, so that's, anyway, I don't want to talk, I don't want to get too much on it, but I do, but the character is very likable. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. Is that he's very likable, and you're like, to a point where it's like, why would you? We shouldn't kill this guy. Yeah. And his character has an interesting arc too, because he, because of the way he's very affable. That's part of his whole, essentially, brand. Is is like I go about life being this like affable, like chatty dude. But he's a thief. Yeah. And so like he also has to like kind of come to terms with the fact that you know it, he can think of himself all he likes as like this fast talking sweet guy that talks to kids on buses and ice. But he's also he's a bad guy too. Well, yeah, and but the whole thing is that, like you know people don't change. He keeps saying yeah. Bruce Willis keeps telling people don't change, and then he's oh, like, oh, and that leads that leads to possibly the best part of the whole movie because this, okay, so they're they're on the bus, and what happens on the bus is that like they're really backed into a corner. Bruce Willis and Mos Def get on the bus, and they the basically take all, they, all the cops are surrounding them. They take everybody on the bus hostage they put newspaper all over the windows so they can't see what's going on they tell the cops it's a hostage situation and so they're and they tell the cops that they have more hostages that they do and then he's basically just buying time to hope that the da's office is going to come pick up most deaf so yeah. that he can because he's been in touch testify. with them he's been in touch with the da and then but then of course there's like one of those you know there's a leak in your office somewhere you know yeah. someone's and it's and cool. we got to get him there by 10 p.m or 10 a.m or and something it's like cool that. in principle but this movie's been really hauling balls and then it, it they're in this bus for 20 25 minutes yeah there's a, it's a it's long like, time it's like there's a clock in the movie and then the clock they're like well stop the clock for a bit yeah and then well, it starts also, the clock it again. also has an in media res beginning because the movie starts on the bus and then flashes back yeah which is not we know ne- we never like that which is not a great <laughs> I, I i i still think it's okay but it's it's so it's so overdone now yeah. that it's like uh like when you see the thing like hey here's what's going on here's how i got at on least, this bus at least, and you're like why do you why you don't need it <laughs> yeah, you, you don't, don't need, need it that. you don't need it because we know it's, it's absolutely unnecessary you don't, in this one because you know that well, I'm watching a movie. I hope that the characters have an arc and grow or whatever. I just we need everybody to know that I'm going to have an arc. Yeah, that's right. what it's like. <laughs> like, yeah, I assume. In case you're worried. What? I assume. Like, there was did a the studio, Did some studio head watch the movie and then go like, ah, uh, you couldn't tell that his character changed. Have a thing at the beginning where he says, I changed or something. Better brace people for the upcoming s- totally standard narrative device. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll be like, what the fuck's happening? Uh, I like I like the, there's some good there's some good business on the bus though I like at the end when they're when he's he's put Yasin Bey into the crowd of hostages in order to sneak him off the bus right uh, and he's like I finally got you your suit which yeah. is cool uh, gray suit and I really like that. And then I love when he comes back for him. Yeah, yeah he sends he sends him out, and, and at this point, Bruce Willis is just sort of like, "Look, I tried to do a thing. I got that guy out of here. These cops are, are gonna fucking gun me down now. It's yeah. it's over. It's seconds from now, I'm dead." Yeah. And then most def uh, Yasin Bey realizes that at a certain point, runs back and just like runs in front. And there's tons of witnesses. Yeah. He's like, "Don't shoot!" And don't you can shoot. see, I think Morris is like holding, pointing yeah, yeah. a gun right at him, and someone goes, "What the fuck are you doing?" Well, the the one of the it's like his captain. It's like his captain is like, "What?" Who is? I'm pretty sure is also down. in on it. I think so, but he's but he's like, yeah, oh, he's sure. like, we can't shoot him but right like, here. We can't shoot him right here. Yeah, he's like, that would that would that would look very bad. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, earlier and, earlier there's that scene where David Morris is like, look, Captain, this is my fault, and he like sets up this whole bullshit thing about how like I thought I could talk him down, yeah. but he's too far gone. It's like one there's one there's another cop in there that's talking to Bruce Willis that I don't think is in on it, but one of the captains is in on it. Yeah. Anyway, it's like it's like it's like one of those where it's like a whole bunch of these 
right. dudes you briefly meet in the movie are are in on are like part of the. It's a real dirty. It's a real dirty bag of laundry there. But this is a great scene because Mos Def goes back under the bus again and goes Barry White. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Barry White. People. He used to. He used to rob. Ty- he used to steal tires or whatever. Mm-hmm, right. People. And it, like Barry White was apparently a big criminal uh, before becoming a renowned, beloved uh, songsmith. And, and, uh, and he's like, apparently. <laughs> and cock, oh, for sure. Well, I hope so. Yeah, I hope right. that's not just a legend. And star of the Simpsons. And also the, the star of Whacking Day. Leave all the snakes alone. I love the sexy slither of a lady snake. Lady snake. <laughs> but it's one of those funny things because in this very, this very intense scene My where he comes bursting back on and he's like, no. Barry White! Almost. Yeah. And Bruce Willis is like, what? That's right. I've forgotten about that line in the midst of watching the movie because when the movie ends with can't get enough of your love, babe, yeah, yeah. I was like, that wait, why? Is so Yeah, awesome. but it's cool. And he's always talking about how Barry That's White was true. a criminal and went on to become a... People can change. He brings up a bunch of other people. He ends up writing a name of a bunch of like people on a cake who right. like, were yeah, criminals yeah. that yep. became better. And and the fucking movie ends like we're skipping forward, but the fucking movie ends on can't get enough of your love, babe. Oh my god, what a, what a actually, fucking fantastic way to end it. Because I was moving, what a I had song. To, I had to watch this in like six different sittings. You know, I had to like keep coming back to yeah. watch parts of it, mm-hmm. and so I had forgotten that. Yeah, and so when it ended with Barry White, I'm like, this is a good song, but it seems kind of weird. But I had forgotten the whole Barry White thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, god. just because it had been like two days <laughs> since I checked in on the. And movie. also, there's That's the awesome. the great the great bit where Bruce Willis answers the riddle. Yeah. Where he's like, so you uh, you give your car keys to your buddy to take the old lady, and you stay at the bus stop with the love of your life because everything's gonna be okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're hel- they're like helping each other, and it's actually pretty convincing. Yeah. Like they're kind of like it's sweet. one of those things where those guys kind of nope th- nobody needed those guys, but those guys needed each other. It's a nice somehow. it's a nice bit of like bromance. I li- I enjoyed yeah. it. It was yeah. very it, touching. It works pretty well. Uh, uh, we're, we are kind of skipping to the end, but they basically they get out of the bus. I mean, they get out of the bus, and there's a more. And chase. Bruce Willis decides that he's going to be the witness now because he this, was in on all this. Is shit. a bus before or after the part where they go into the old Chinese man's? Uh, it's after. That's after the bus. I believe so. And yeah. they go. Yeah, they go in there. Old Chinese man. Because then they go to. Because they change his clothes with the old man's clothes. Right. And then That's they right. go to his sister's Bruce Willis. Or but you, you don't know, know it's his to, sister. They go to an apartment and he, there's pictures of him and this lady and stuff. You're and led then, to believe that it's maybe his ex-wife because yeah. he Bruce Willis like he says go if you go in the bathroom put the make sure you put the seat seat up and he's like well it's already up and then Bruce Willis looks and sees there's a picture of this other dude on the nightstand yeah, and you're supposed like, to think that it's his ex-wife right. and maybe she's got a new man. Yeah. But later it turns on, out later, later on, on it's his sister, his sister who's an EMT. And most of uh, makes a huge uh, boner yeah. when he uh, when he's like when he's like talking about them being romantically involved. Yeah, you he's gotta like, treat your lady right. You know, get back together sister. with her. She's he's like, like, oh no, you should have told me. But I'm also he, he says to her, he's like, give him another chance. He's a good dude. You yeah. know, he wants to do the right thing. And then, she, but she's like, somebody's like, how would you describe him? He's like, she's like, I would describe you as like a self, a self-hating, self-medicating, <laughs> like disaster area. She's like, you took him to my apartment. You were at my apartment. I had to get a gun, pal. Yeah, I had to get a gun, pal. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, pal. I would also like to point out that apparently the parents like had Bruce Willis, and then a good twenty-five years later had had his sister. <laughs> yeah, had so a much was, more attractive young redheaded lady. I'm glad that, that, those, that their yeah. parents were able to keep the the love to, the kindled for that <laughs> right. long a period of time. And Bruce Willis also is is he's you know, probably in his mid to late forties when they made this, but he looks like he's in his mid yeah. to late sixties because yeah. of all the fucked up shit. 
Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's like them just sort of running from people. And then if, at the very end, Bruce Willis just goes like, why am I fucking around with this kid who, who just witnessed some, some whole bullshit go, go, go down when I'm the coward, I'm involved in all this. I can, I can be a way better witness than this guy can. Yeah. And he even gets like David Morris, like on tape yeah, at a certain yeah. point. And he's, so he just like sets, uh, uh, most sets free. free. Yep. And then, and then he is like, go, like off a to showdown. To, go off to Seattle to start. He, he keeps talking about going to meet his sister who he just met because he was in the foster system and so he met his his you know biological sister two years earlier she lives in seattle he's gonna go to seattle open you know and he open keeps thinking this bullshit out of these recipes like, in his recipe book that he keeps carrying around with he's, like, he's like you're a thief strawberry you're a thief you can't you won't be a cake guy by the end he's like i think you know I'll, you know what you i don't care what what you what you actually do you go off to see you go you deserve to go off to seattle you certainly don't deserve to be murdered by these cops yeah, for no, no shit, reason yeah. so go, go off to seattle you know have your life I'm gonna. I'm, he does. I gotta. I gotta take this. I gotta take this like a man. And this whatever. is another step. Another thing that, that like a lesser movie. Uh, a lot of movies would be this lesser movie. Actually, Assassins True. does the thing where they're just yep. like they can't leave well enough alone. So he has this like showdown in the lobby. Yeah. Of it's very similar to where Bill Gibson steals the cops yeah, gun. Yeah. Of the DA's office. And uh, and he's just like basically saying like I was involved in all this shit. He's talking to the DA. All the cops yep. that are the dirty cops are around him, basically like pointing yeah. guns at him or like yeah. ready to shoot him. And he's like tells him all this stuff. And then uh, he like fall. I think I can't remember. Like think someone well, tackles him. An- and he falls no, down. Angel oh. from Dexter is gonna shoot him. Oh, he actually does shoot the, at him. And one of the cops, the one of the snipers, shoots and him instead. That's right. And then he's like, everybody stand down. I fired that shot. You don't know up to because you were looking at this. He keeps cutting the sniper, and you are like. You don't know yeah. that you're there. You're looking at because it's like one of those great. You don't know who to trust. You well, you don't know if the sniper is one of the guys in right, on it right. or whatever. He's naming all these cops, and you're like, and it keeps cutting the sniper looking nervous, and you're like, is that sniper nervous because he's a sniper, or is that sniper nervous because he's like waiting yeah, for right his out. name Nerve to get? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Or did yeah. he hear his name already? And he's like, or is he I just gotta you wait know, for is he on the take? Is he gonna do you know? Do well, what so he's I mean, supposed he's, to do? He's got to wait for his tur- where for the right time to yeah. shoot to shoot this guy. But no, actually, he's like actually like I he's nervous because he's in a situation. which and then. And he sees this guy. But like, he goes, he sees Angel coming up and he goes, gun! And then everybody drops and he shoots and you don't know what happened. And then you see he's dead. Angel's dead. Yep. And then the, Bruce squad, Willis the sniper is, is like, I took the shot. It was me. Bruce and Willis is dropped to the ground yeah. uh, and his tape recorder that he recorded. Uh, yeah, yeah. Morse is, Morse is going like, I played this town like a harp from hell. Basically. <laughs> on this recorder. Essentially. And it, but it's like playing all the stuff that he said. And David Morse is there. And I swear to God, like... N- 80% of movies like this, David Morris would either start shooting yep, or, or kill shoot himself. himself. And he doesn't. Mm-mm. And it's like, good. No, it's just the end yeah. of the movie, pretty much. Because the it. movie's got a good heart, and it and I don't... And, yeah. and like we were saying, like an Assassin's, where he's like, and now we will go be friends. Yeah. Ah, never mind. Blah, blah, blah. Someone's gonna die. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You feel like there's gonna be some dumb extra shooter, and, but it's just Morse, like, looking resigned to me, like... Fuck. Yeah. You know? And, and, he, and he Willis also is like, you know, turning himself in. Yeah. We He's, find out later Willis get, does two years. He does even two though, years. Even though he helps uh, with the prosec- prosecution. He's very corrupt. Yeah. The next scene is his sister getting a cake or opening a box and you know it's a cake. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah. you know. And the, it's got the little pictures of, of him like opening his bakery and stuff. It's, well, it's got the well, names well, of, the, the, of the, the people cake, who yeah, yeah. Uh, who changed their lives. Barry White. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Bunker is one of them. Well, Eddie Bunker is, is Yasin Bay. That's his name. That's his He's name. He's named after the famous writer Eddie Bunker. That's right. Yeah. And then, and I, I believe the guy from Reservoir Dogs. I yeah, believe yeah. isn't isn't the bakery named Jack and Eddie's Bakery? Yeah, Eddie yeah. and Jack's. Yeah. He's like, I put Aww, my name first because I'm doing all the work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have these hot <laughs> ovens in here, jeez. Yeah. But it's nice. He's named after Mr. Blue. Yeah, and he's got their names on. It's very sweet. It's the ending really got me. Yeah. It's it's and it's then you get very nice. Weiss. 
And you get Barry and White. And you get Barry White. And Bruce Willis doesn't have a mustache now, so you know he's so you know he's cleaned up. He doesn't have a alky mustache. He was in prison and he was like, geez, I should probably shave this piece of shit mustache. <laughs> I never look, I haven't looked in a mirror in years. <laughs> I mean, I guess I looked in a mirror to shave the beard part, but I I should have done the mustache too. What was I thinking? And then it goes out on Barry White. I, I'm right. After talking about it, I'm raising my score <laughs> a little bit. This, yeah, is, this it's, is a good movie. It is a movie that I wish, circumstances being what they were, I wish I'd been able to sit down and watch the whole thing all the way through because I think I would have uh, enjoyed it more. Because yeah. it does work its way to, like I said, it does sag in the middle a little, but it's not like, it doesn't kill it. It just It's just a movie that should, I feel like, could be more propulsive, and by the end you'd be For like, sure. wow, yeah. what a fucking cool what a cool movie but it's you know but i think you cut that you cut that bus scene in half you got you got yeah, yourself a hell of a movie absolutely and as, our, as it is it's pretty good yeah uh there's okay i just wanted to point out that david morris's name is detective nugent <laughs> <laughs> we don't find his we don't know his first the name nuge I, i'm sure we do but i just thought it was funny that he's nugent. Theodore? he's the evil theodore cop nugent. and his ted, theodore nugent. ted theodore nugent ted the new york theodore city nugent. the new york city madman uh, and there's a the one part where Bruce Willis, where Mo's deaf is talking about birthday cakes. Bruce Willis goes, "I hate birthday cakes." Oh man, who You're likes like, you birthday, hate birthday cakes? I'm with Bruce Willis. Holy I'm not shit. a fan. I'm not a fan of birthday cake either. Oh come by on. The way. Well, you can't eat them. I mean, you know, you can make a cake without without milk. I suppose. Yuck. I've, but, I've, who, I've eaten them, but I don't really like cake. There's I don't a part. Like sweets. There's a part where uh, this whole scene in the bar is, is really the highlight. I feel like where like Morris first shows up and stuff, but it. Uh, no, I think this is actually later on because they've gotten into the gunfight and stuff like that. And Morse goes like, "I want you to know, I still think of you as my friend." And Bruce Willis goes, "I think we stopped being friends around eight forty-five in that bar." Yeah, it's <laughs> a pretty cool. Well, because they like they get the drop on him yeah. in this in this apartment building where the cops are about to get him and they trick him or whatever. You know, they he gives the wrong address to the get him and fuck him. Then get him and I'm gonna fix him. They end up handcuffing Morse to like a. Bannister yeah, he's like, he's like, uh, get me out of here. Give me your peace. Give me a peace. Give me out of here. And I'm is, your boss. You David, guys all listen to me. This yeah. is David Morse doing that, like, very, that turns out to be ring very true in, in recent years, sort of like evil slash we're still the good guys cop dialogue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where they're being, they're doing, they're having it both ways. He's like, there's like, getting it done and there's not getting it yeah, done. There period. Are, there are no lines. We'll do whatever it takes, including right. like killing innocent witnesses because we're getting the job done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what? That's. Come on. If there weren't a bunch of people to pin crimes on and murder in the streets, it'd be an awful waste of space. <laughs> but th this is this part really Small made me fucking Sally. laugh. <laughs> uh, where uh, where th this is when they're in the, the Chinese dude's apartment, and he gives him- That's Uncle him Benny the, from Lethal 4, P.S. Uncle Benny from Lethal yeah. 4. Rick, Dick Donner's got his people. And uh, and he's and he's putting his shirt on Mo's deaf, and he goes, and he's like, he's just, I think he's on the phone, too, and he's distracted with other things, but then he looks back at Mo's deaf, and he goes, ah, Jesus, your buttons are all crooked. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> he's just, a, Cute. he's just, a, at this point, he doesn't hate him as much, but he's still, uh, this Mo's deaf's character is a fairly exasperating guy. Yeah, well, there's Come a lot, on, man. for lots of reasons. Put on a shirt, right? <laughs> I don't know. Gratings. Three and a half Judds. Yep. Just sturdy shit, man. I really enjoyed it. Always happy to see a good Bruce Willis performance, especially these days when they are so few and far between. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Donner really shoots the shit out of this movie. It doesn't... He's always been a sturdy filmmaker, like kind of a carpenter, you know, just like getting the job done. Yeah. But he make, you know, but he also has, has this sort of reputation for a lot of wonners, never flashy shit. And he makes his style seem pretty contemporary. A lot of handheld in this. Um, yeah. Really good uses of the location work. I don't know. I just thought it it is like 
this is the definition of like a good solid programmer. This is like one of those things I I didn't really remember it probably because you know it, it's not flashy. It didn't really blow me away when I first saw it. And uh, g- coming back to it, just sort of like, oh man, I wish there was one of these every week. Yeah, you know, for sure. Just a good movie. We didn't know what we had. Yeah, and um, it's from 2006. Yeah. So you know, you were kind of like not thinking about movies, th- right. Those kind of movies that way anymore. You know, yeah. if it wasn't awesome, I tended to go like, well, it's fine. Yeah. Right. And it. And yeah. And this movie isn't awesome. And no. It, nor is it intending to be. Right. It is intending to be as good as it is. But it seems like <laughs> that that level of quality and attention to detail seems very anomalous these days. Right. Um. So yeah, three and a half Juds, uh, zero Douglases. There's yeah. zero. Yeah, yeah. This is a zero Douglas episode. Yeah, zero. No, no, no naughty stuff. Yeah. Even, no, 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 even remotely naughty stuff. <laughs> like they don't even have like the Antonio Banderas character in Assassins being like weird, weird sex stuff I or like, something. Yeah. I, I like the pussy. Or I like whatever. to blow up a pussy like Michael Caine. <laughs> blow up the pussy, <laughs> Michael Caine style. <laughs> Psst. Psst. Hey, you ever your pussy blown up like Michael Caine? Yikes. That's what it sounds like. Um, and I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 bottles of Canadian Club. Bruce Willis's drink mm. of choice. Boy, oh boy. I love when they're in the bar and, and, and uh, David Morris is like, why don't you just take this bottle, sit here, and we'll take care of the rest. <laughs> just drink the whole fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> take this bottle home. Anyway, good movie. Oh yeah, I was gonna go with three, but I, uh, after talking it over, I'm going up to three and a half. I mean, I, there's just a lot I liked about this movie. Uh, yeah, Bruce Willis, you know, not sucking <laughs> in a thing is good. Yeah, and and it and, and it's and like it's this movie's really nice. Best Die Hard sequel that's not actually a Die Hard sequel. This is a good rep. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we get this in here because I didn't like the other two. And Richard and Dick Donner is a sweetheart, and this is this very sweet movie. I'm kind of I'm you know it's not it's not incredibly <laughs> famous or uh, well thought or. You know, people don't talk about this movie, no. but he went out on a very nice movie that I think is actually a pretty great, a pretty graceful note to be his last film. Yeah, so it's I'm weird because I never that. thought about this movie twice, and then like it's kind of like this is a pretty good way for Donner to go out. Like, you know what? Yeah, do retire on that movie. Yeah, go but, out. He, yeah, he knew. Yeah, like, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right, I'm done. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it uh, zero, zero fucking Douglas. Is there is, is there even a half a Douglas this whole episode from any of us? That None. might be the uh, actual low. Nope. That might be the lowest of all time. Yeah. Too bad. Uh, come on, Dick Donner. <laughs> yeah, you could have been. Come you back, could, come back from, to life and do better. You could have put more naughty stuff in your movies. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna give it uh, ten gallons of like white face paint that they put on Bruce Willis to make him look like the, <laughs> the sickest, most fucked yeah. up. He looks like Nicolas Cage when he's on that hotel bed at the very end of Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, it's pretty bad. See how hard I got for you. He's so drunk. <laughs> God, he is so fucked up. Uh, I'm probably. I think I'm gonna give it three. I, th- I want to give it. Th- I'll give it three and a half. Cause why not? Cause we're all. I'll stick with. The- Yay! It's made. I talking about it just now. I'm like, oh yeah, I like that more than I thought. But uh, but like it's totally solid across the board. There's stuff like I've talked about the stuff I didn't like. The you know his. I think they could have. He could have figured out a way to make his character unique without it being annoying to me. Yeah. Right. Um. But whatever. But I do like their relationship. The ending actually is one of those that hits you in the right way where you're like, kind of like, yeah, that movie's fine. And then it gets to the end and they do the thing and then the Barry White. And you're like, actually, I think I cared about these guys a little more than I thought I did. Interesting. Oh, thanks, movie. Thanks. You know, it sneaks up on you a little like, oh, but not in a bad way, not in like a manipulative way, in just a way that's like, hey, and then remember how you like these guys? And you're like, I do like these guys. Yeah, it kind of feels legit. Oh, cool. Nice. Uh, Zero Dugs and... I'll give it 10, 
10 out of 10 delicious birthday cake Fuck recipes. Yes. Birthday mm-mm, cake's mm-mm. good. Come on. Yum, yum, birthday cake. What are we talking cake? about here? What are we doing? You know what? And, we, and he's in Seattle somewhere, right? So we should go find Eddie and Jack's birthday cake. I cakes. would love that. <laughs> yeah, I wish he'd made this before Assassin's so they could have a scene where he runs in front of Eddie oh, and Jack's birthday cake. Come uh, on. The business is booming, apparently, in 2006, uh, at this, at, according to the letter he sends him. Business good cakes. The so, good cakes? What can you say? The good cakes, yeah. There's not an erotic Inspired bakery. Inspired by the Junkyard Dog song, Grab Them Cakes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which is about birthday cakes, From the cakes, wrestling right? album. Yes. Yeah. We all know. Grab we all them know it. cakes. Oh, is that all you do? Remember that song? Junkyard no. Dog was my favorite. No, was I do not remember that. He came From out, the wrestling he came album. Out to, uh, he came out to uh, Another One Bites the Dust. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Great. Great stuff. I like Ricky, I like Ricky Steamboat. What did he come out and to? And Macho. <laughs> uh, it's Raining Men. <laughs> <laughs> You could do it with all of them. Macho really, came out to pomp and circumstance. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Anyways, What's next? Deborah Winger. A winger and a prayer? Yeah. Wind beneath my wingers? My, my vote is Abracadabra. Uh, That's also uh, good. Wind beneath my wingers? Yeah, this is one of the rare ones where we have lots of options. Well, uh, we're so. finally going to fucking do Black Widow. Yeah. Because Scarlett Johansson is in it, and we all love the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic <laughs> Universe. Can't wait. Going to see it in the theater. No. We're going to go. We're going to do Bob Rafelson's Black Widow. Takes yeah. place in, a lot of it takes place in Seattle. Ooh. We're going to do uh, James Bridges' really good movie, Mike Murder. Mike's Murder. I love that it. movie. Um, when you watch it, keep in mind that it was originally structured to be presented backwards, like Memento, but oh. was recut by the studio in chronological order. Yeah, uh, I love and I love James Bridges, one of my favorite directors. From yeah, that time that's period. what inspired this. Was actually I watched Urban Cowboy for the first time, and I was great like, film. And I was like, hey, we should do a Deborah Winger episode because she is uh, she is amazing in that movie. Yep. And then I was remembering how great she is in everything, pretty wow. much. And then we're gonna do the Carl Rice film Everybody Wins, which I believe co-stars Nick Nolte and was written by fucking Harold Pinter. You know who wow. else co-stars in Everybody Wins? Uh. Chloe from ER. Oh shit! Yeah, right. <laughs> oh boy. The the worst character on ER, maybe. Oh no! Come on. <laughs> one of them. Okay, we'll, we'll hash it out in another episode. She's no, no, she's off. There's a clear winner here. Who's that? Doctor Dave. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Dr. it's Doctor Dave. No, two I don't to know. one. Kind of like him by the end. You like Doctor Dave? Wait, when he oh calls? no, not Doctor Dave. Sorry, I was thinking of the guy from Critters. Oh God! No, Doctor Dave sucks. Malucci, fucking Malucci. He, oh, yeah. he calls he calls Carrie Weaver a no, no, mean sorry. word. I was thinking of the uh, Stone Doctor, who then uh, when uh, the guy gets crushed by the helicopter. When oh he's yeah, no, no, no. He All turned right. out to be good in the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Archie, can't, we Archie. can't do this. Archie, Scott we Grimes. Got, we, Scott we're Grimes. almost done. We're so close. Look, it's a, ER is a thing. It happens. It is a thing. <laughs> Settle down. We're Till then, settle the down. The uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah. We're uh, we are ninety five. We're five patrons we're away. Six right now. Ninety six. We're currently four patrons away close. from, from one, We are one Patreon subscriber away for each Paul Verhoeven movie we're going to discuss absolutely. when we get to a hundred. So yeah, four. Rabakup, Totes Recall, uh, Invisible Girls, <laughs> and Holloman. Invisible guy. Invisible dude. No, the, the rise the no and fall, see, the no see guy, the rise and fall of Verhoeven's American career. We, you want it? We, you want us to do it? We want us to do it? <laughs> we just need four more. That's fucking yep. crazy. Let's get there. We'll do it. We'll do it. All, All right. right. Uh, Rate uh, us on iTunes. Five stars only. Five stars, five stars only. only. And until next time, the suspense is killing us. Bye. Bye. Bye, pal. Bye, pal. No matter how I